Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And yes, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm in to go for episode 38 on Sunday, the 4th of April, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 himself nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinny. Hello. And the game-loving, grind-hating, two-one-dollar-coffee-drinking gamer, anti-gamer, and interrupter-in-chief, extraordinaire, Mike. Hello. In this week's show, we'll be discussing Sony's shutting down of the PS3, PSP, and Vita stores, updates on the next-gen Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, and CDPR future plans, and we take our look at the second Game of Summer of the Year nominee, Super Mario 3D Land. As for the shameless shilling, if you want to join us, join in the conversation, reach out to us at bigwigpod at gmail.com or on Twitter on bigwigpod. We uh, have and- children and pets <laughs> that need to be taken care of. It looks like there's no corrections or updates this week. It's a, it's- no, but, but an apology from me. Uh, so if anybody doesn't know, I usually put in those notes about what we're discussing each week. And I originally, it went... Next Gen Witcher 3 Cyberpunk, and then I swapped it around and didn't move to Next Gen. But maybe we'll talk about Next Gen Cyberpunk. We'll see. Well, no, they, they did announce that as well. So that's it's still apt. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's lots to talk about. <clears throat> it's a very CDPR-focused episode, fortunately. It's a big week, big week in CDPR. Yes. Or actually, or uh, as they pronounce it, it's CDPR. What is it? It's no, a, it's not CD. It's CD. 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 Project. Project. Yeah. No, they don't even really announce the project bit. Anyway, Mike, what have you been playing this week? Cheddar project. Not a lot. Not a lot? I am sticking to my <laughs> New Year's <laughs> resolutions. Thank you very much. My quarterly review worked. It absolutely worked. I am... I'm... I'm... What, what's, what rating am I getting? Exceeds well, expectations? two by two. No, no, no. You're, you're in the... The cyberpunk zone. You were mostly in the cyberpunk zone with me. Wait, that's not a good zone to be in. No, (laughs) no. Even with all the patches. Mm, Yes. Okay. (laughs) No, so so I played a bit of um, a certain game that we're going to be talking about today, which is Mario Land. Yeah. And I played uh, the the spiritual successor, which is Mario World. Well, but what other game did you review in... Oh, and I may have also... <laughs> I forgot about that I little, didn't play much, but I that did... a little gem. I did an official Metacritic review. <laughs> I I did, I, that, that's right. It did appear on Metacritic, didn't it? I played Narita Boy. Beautiful. So I'll be talking about that later in this episode. Yeah. So we couldn't talk yes. about that last week, unfortunately. We weren't allowed, no. So. Although you did kind of let something slip. No, don't say but that. But it wasn't really. It wasn't a slip. It <laughs> no. was like... If people like had one Correction, of those big... I did not do that. Big, he didn't do that. If people had like a really big chart with like our photos and like strings attached to all these things and all sorts of like, they may have like maybe connected certain, I'm kidding. Charlie so saw it was revealed. It was so a secret till after now. After you connect everything, it ends up being the fact that Intergot's the Zodiac Killer. Is that right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's you know right, how yeah. obsessed about put the Zodiac Killer I am? I've read what? like thousands of pages of material on the Zodiac Killer. I'm obsessed about it. I was so excited when they broke the, the cipher they had for the first time in like 50, 60 years. It was crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. I bet you would have tried to break it yourself, I was. Huh? I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was. And yeah, I think the way I was doing it was the right path. It was like just uh. spitting out like millions of iterations via computer. Uh, maybe I'll go next because I had a pretty yeah. light week as well. So 
been playing a stack of LA Noir, so probably about two thirds through that game. Um, for I think that's the next one up in two weeks' time. I think mm-hmm. uh, for yes, the game of some other is, year. That is correct. Uh, so I, I think I'll finish that in the next couple of days over the Easter long weekend. Uh, or what am I saying? We're right in the midst of the Easter long weekend. It's Sunday today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also heaps of, well, not heaps, but I've got my teeth sunk into Monster Hunter Rise, which we will, you know, get a two because we do have a news item about that. So maybe I'll save my thoughts there. Uh, and that's about it really. Like I'm just really trying to bang out those two games. And I actually played a little bit of Mario 35 given that Nintendo killed Mario during the week. So I thought that'd be apt. How about you, Swinney? What have you been up to? So I've also had a bit of a light week, but I guess a light week for me is still like in comparison to you guys. 20 hours of games. So yeah, as with with, uh, all of us been playing uh, Super Mario 3D Land to chat about it today, Mm. um, also have played a bit of Outerworld's Murder on Eridanos, the DLC Murder Mystery, and so far it's pretty cool, and probably only an hour into that, so pretty early on. Um, Played through Near Automata. Which was which was really really fun. But well, from start I... to finish, by the way. No, okay. <laughs> I was about to say because you said that in the offline chat, and I was like, "Have you? Did you like beat that all the way through?" That's insane. So I played parts of it, mm. but I got to try that awesome cheat code. Oh, now. you did do it. Yeah. Damn, so that's what, cool, man. What that um? So it's actually really really neat, but you still actually have to complete some parts of the game, and you still have to be a high enough level to be able oh, to beat. I like certain parts of the game um to mm. say any more would be a spoiler yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. um but i will say so basically on top of using that um combined with about two to three hours of just grinding um just to get powerful enough mm-hmm. and then combined with just some strategic um usage of the in-game achievement shop it's actually a really really funny way to complete a game so it took me probably about Four and a half hours, maybe, in comparison to maybe 25 it would have taken to do it normally. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah. And I've already done the Xbox One version, so I've experienced that game. That is not a way to play that game for the first time <laughs> in any way. But um, <laughs> considering I was just like, oh, look, I just want to complete this. Um, it's a it's it's a notch on, on my goals, but it's not the uh, not one I'm most proud of. What I'm actually going to do is... There's a few games that are kind of in that bucket. So depending how I'm traveling later in the year, I may say, hey, some of these were a bit of a cheap win. So maybe maybe I'll have to do something about that. He does. Cheap win for the swin. But uh, (laughs) the... Cheap win for the swin. Um, the game I've played the most, though, this week is uh, Assassin's Creed Pirates, which I'm, look, I'm not going to get into that game too much because, look, it's, it's a mobile game, but then I'm playing the Windows version... It's is it better than uh, <clears throat> better than or- Origins no, or Odyssey? Um, Odyssey, Odyssey, Odyssey. Well, sorry, the, I nearly choked before. So I don't want to sound like that. <laughs> the fact that I didn't even want to like include these kind of games on my tier list just goes to show what my thoughts about them are. Wait, is that because um, it's it just it's well above the tier list? You, no, don't you, you recall? Even... Don't you recall every tier of the tier Possibly. list and every game's placement? These were right at the bottom. Look. Honestly, it's not that bad, but it's just a grind. Like I'm currently, I did. I life got in the way. Unfortunately, I was trying. Mm. I was rushing five minutes before this podcast to see if I could unlock the last achievement. <laughs> that's it's, why you're late. You were late to the start of the no, recording. No, that's got nothing to do with it. Um, the 
the issue for me, not the issue, but like I have, there's basically like a five hour grind at the end of that game mm. to destroy mm. a thousand ships. Whoa. And you don't know how far you are. Like there's, and I'm pretty certain, like it, it literally could be my next ship. Like there's part of me that just wants to load it up while we're talking and complete the goal on air. <laughs> That's crazy. Complete, no, but complete the goal on air <laughs> wow. and be like, hey, okay. I completed my resolution. But no, that's, I'm not going to do that. Wait, a thousand ships in five hours. That's not bad. Well, look, you 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 knock out about 250 through completing everything else. So there's about right, 750. Okay. So basically three quarters of it, you've got, just got to sit there grinding. So mm. it's not fun. But hey, once I'm done with that, then um, I've only got the good stuff in the future to, to play. So it's Being cool. number one in the world doesn't always number one challenge having fun. There's only, there's only 10 other people that have done this because... <laughs> um, the the thing is though, because there's games included uh, on there that are on Windows phones, so there's a lot of people, and not only mm-hmm. that, but you can't buy them anymore. Uh, so, and have you done them? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, this game I'm doing, Assassin's Creed Pirates, is on Windows. It was a Windows 8 a- app, so it's on the Windows <laughs> Store, but it's been delisted. Oh my mm. god! So there's a lot of people. If someone wanted to complete the whole series now, and they don't already have that game, you they can't, couldn't. You can't do it. Yeah. So. Can you buy accounts on eBay or something? I'm sure there's yeah, I'm some sure. backwater way to do it, mm. but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's been my week. I have to say, like uh, you know, I always I do find a perverse joy in reading through your Assassin's Creed tier list and all the people yelling at you. <laughs> Mostly, like probably one nice message for every ten bad ones, but well, that's normally like a tier list. Right? It's basically Odyssey. Mm. I wonder if Odyssey was an S tier, you might have more people complaining about. The fact that Assassin's Creed 2 is so low. Like, we have one mm. person points that out, but hey, look. The, the, dis, the dislikes are catching up to the likes. They so, are. The hate at, some is point, at some point, it will overtake if, if the current course is <laughs> uh, anything to go by. But then YouTube might get rid of them. So, maybe exactly. get rid of them for <laughs> That's true. You know what? It's a race right now. It's a race for when the new UI update goes live <laughs> versus the hate for your video. But you know what they're going to do? I reckon they're just going to, like, minus the dislikes mm. off the current like count. So it might drop ah. down to, like, one or zero nah, likes. I, no. <laughs> I don't think they'll do that. I've, right? I've already seen they're what it looks tired. like. What, it, what oh, they show okay. is they just show mm. you the likes, They and they have the thumb down icon, but they don't show you how many dislikes there are. Okay. So you can dislike okay. a video, but a, the public doesn't know how many dislikes you have. I reckon you'll know how many dislikes. Like, we'll be able to tell. Oh, for sure. But a normal punter won't. That's, you, that's my understanding. And you will let the you will oh, let the I audience will. know. <laughs> oh, I will. It will be the name of the show. <laughs> Just wait until you do a tier list. Yeah, on I'll, a highly on a highly divisive series. Well, yeah, okay. Because I was uh, I was saying to you guys, and I got to wait until I go to Japan or Singapore again. Yeah. But I'm gonna do Four. a tier list for Mario Kart because I want to do Ooh, okay. every Mario Kart game, and I'm talking about. The arcade games and the VR arcade game. So I want to do Super Nintendo right. one was the best one though. So <laughs> I do Might love the Super Nintendo one. It's probably the best one. But I'm that, not even kidding. I think it was the most fun it, I, I had in any I of them. I don't think it's going to be as divisive <clears throat> that one. I think no, I don't think not, it's going to no. be as divisive. But also, there's not are there as many. I mean, the version on Switch is the same version as on as on Wii. It's probably like 13 games in the series ballpark. It's that many already head, off the top wow. of my head. I'm looking forward to this mm. and all the divis, divis, div, 
that thing. Divisive, divisive. Either way, <laughs> where people will hate you. I don't. I, don't, I can't think you. of a tier list that would be controversial, Swinny, that I could do that for a series I'm passionate about. Uh, well, yeah, Zelda. Maybe. Yeah, but Zelda, Zelda things, if you put Breath of the Wild number one, most people probably he will like that. So if I did will. that tier list, people would hate me, just like the yeah, oh, Assassin's God. Creed list. Jesus Christ, can you do a Zelda tier list? That would be gold. That would be awesome. Let's do that. Let's do that. Because I think your Mario tier list is going to be fair enough. Like, this games, I probably don't 100% agree with you. But based on what you've said so far, I'm like, okay, it's going to be normal. But your mm. Zelda one, man, that's going to... At least you're not like saying Skyward Sword should be number one. But outside of that, you're, you're going to blow people maybe, up. Maybe he will say that. Oh, it's that. just... I think it's just Breath of the Wild. That's the one. <laughs> no, no. There's a few games you've said, and I'm like, you're you're kidding me. Like, some of the opinions you have on it. It shocked me. That would actually be pretty good. Have you done most of the Zelda games? I've com- I've played them all except... Um, uh, now, we're not talking like the CDI ones or anything. Yeah. Um, look, on that one, I'll give it a pass. Like, I think that's, yeah. that's beyond the pale. But I think the... I'm talking the about only- Oracles... Yeah, yeah. I think the only game I haven't completed is Breath of the Wild. I think the only one that I oh, could think of... And if you count the remake of Link to, Link's Awakening, I haven't played that yet. Yeah, I can't believe... I've played, I played Breath of the Wild more than you have. That blows me away. Oh, look. I've played, like, about eight hours of Breath of the Wild. So I don't know if you played more than that. Two def- yeah. Two- I, write, got, I got to the castle at the end. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Two defense yeah. winning a little bit on Breath of the Wild. I can kind of mm. understand the frustration to a degree. I know you, this doesn't change you liking the game or not, but I can understand the frustration. So when you actually had a Wii U and you mm. were looking forward to the game and then they kind of delayed the game and changed the game and launched it simultaneously on the Switch. So it's kind of a bit... Ugh. I think if I went through that, I would have been a bit annoyed, to be honest. Look, the part of it as well and is the fact that I just come off The Witcher 3 mm. and to go into another mm. open world game, you can't help but kind of be in that zone. And yeah, They're course. obviously very different games. but well, One's an like RPG, still, one's not. It's pretty big, yeah, bloody but, different. No, but they're very different, but I'm saying they're still both open world games and I think that you can't help but start to make comparisons about how... How much fun you're having when you're in that yes. open world? So uh, the reason why I wouldn't do a Zelda two list, in, I wouldn't do one until I'd actually played through Breath of the Wild, which I do plan on doing. I mean, I spent a hundred and bloody sixty dollars on a game. Yeah, yeah total. Twice. total. <laughs> <laughs> so you love it more than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the only game I need to finish from memory is uh, Zelda two, and I really don't like that game. So okay, so you said like I. Played Fire Into Zelda 2, but I'd never complete it. So if you're saying you have to complete it, then I'd have to complete it. But I, honestly, I don't think I'd want to complete Zelda 2. Not because I don't hate it, just because I just feel like I know enough about that game to be able to judge it. For mm, fair enough. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do a tier list, I don't know. I feel like you need to finish the games, but that's just me. I'm yeah. a psycho. So I, I mean, you in that'd be the preferred situation, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, why don't we jump into our first uh, news article, our, our headliner for the show. So it does appear that the rumors were right. So Sony is shutting down the PS3, PSP, and Vita stores. Uh, so this was originally reported by The Gamer. Uh, you know, mixed reports, people kind of thought it was rumor. They have got a lot of things wrong in the past, but they've 100% got this right, including that there was going to be an announcement by Sony. Uh, by the end of March, and I was almost about to gloat about them being wrong, and then <laughs> Sony came down with the announcement. 
Um, so PS3 and PSP stores are going to close on the 2nd of July, 2021. And the Vita store is going to close on the 27th of August, 2021. In, like in a nutshell, essentially, once those shutdown dates occur, you can no longer purchase games, purchase DLC, purchase any media, but you are able to download from those stores post those shutdown dates. Now, whether that will remain active forever is not confirmed. They don't really go into that, but they just say that you are able to re-download things. And also, we should also point out that any codes that have been issued previously are still able to be redeemed. So essentially, it's almost like as if you've had it in your library. Uh, you know, other key things to probably call out, uh, cross-buy games are still valid, but you know, a lot of people say this works a bit like it's a little bit defective. So the advice is make sure it's working on your Vita or your PS3 because it applies to both. Like get them up and running and then transfer them across to PS4 uh, if you want to continue them because in the past they have not worked that well. So it's probably a smart idea to do that now. And then finally, if you have any PSN wallet funds, you can move them across to PS4 or PS5. Uh, you know, I want to sort of get your thoughts on it. Um but I'm actually a little bit shocked about the Vita one, just because, you know, I know with Vita, people are still literally making games for the Vita. So there's, you know, like a studio, Lilimo Games, they're, they're currently making a game and they just got a dev kit for the Vita like a month ago. Wow. And, you know, they Why asked the, the Sony rep, hey, what's going on with this? Like, is this actually real? And they said nothing. And then, yeah, this announcement happened. So they had to cancel their Vita version of that game. So I don't know. It was just very surprising to me that it's if happening. They knew, if they knew that they had developers that were actively yeah. developing games, which they may not know all the time, but if you've just asked, as you said, just being given a dev kit, like you should know. Yeah, mm. like I think Sony in most situations would probably have dealt with the situation better, but it just seems like that one maybe just I don't slipped know under they, slipped yeah, under probably. their you know their watch, but. That's but you a, wonder how horrible. they compare compare. You wonder how they split the compartments up in <laughs> in Sony. Whether the, you know the left end is talking to the right about it properly. So they may have sent the dev kit not knowing that the actual PSN version of it or the store version will be completely shot. Well, so no, but the the issue that. just so that just to, not correct, but so with the PS Vita, so it's it's a cartridge based system mm-hmm. as opposed to the PSP, which was like a disc based system, but it was suspended in a plastic uh, shell. With the the PS Vita, they'd actually stopped producing the physical carts years ago, like a couple of years ago. So there was a stock of physical carts left, and they were basically negotiating with devs. Oh, you can have. 10,000 carts, ah, you can have okay. 5,000 carts, all this kind of stuff. Wow. So it was very, like, strange the way that they closed it out because only Sony could produce the carts. Hmm. And it was proprietary, wasn't it? Yeah, so, you you know, with anything, you either have the physical version or you have the digital or both. So, you know, the physical avenue has been closed for a while for most people. So they're still going, okay, well, we can release the game digitally at least. And that's why they got the dev kit. And, <laughs> yeah, like, they've... It, they definitely didn't know the people who were, de- you know, in de- developer relations. Like, they wouldn't have sent it out. I would, if I was in that job, I'd say, oh, we're trying to source another dev kit. Just give us some time. You know what I mean? Just to mm. buy time. And then the announcement happens. And it's like, okay, well, I guess you don't need that anymore. Dot, dot, dot. Right? Um, 
And it's it's not that old, the PS Vita. Like, it actually really shocks me. Yeah. It's like nine years, I think, or so. It was two th- or it's ten. Yeah, so it's like... Well, yeah, no, yeah. I guess it released in Japan really late in 2011, so... It doesn't feel that old, though, you know what I mean? Like, it still feels no. relatively recent as a thing but that I played with and held. And In saying that, it does mm. feel like a while since it was really supported at all. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so. Like, in terms of their commercial support... Sony gave up on it years ago, years and years ago. Um, you know, like the fact that they stopped producing the actual cartridges. I think their last commercial release was years and years ago. And from Sony's perspective, it was a complete failure commercially. That's interesting. Do you think they'll, now that, that the Switch has been such a success, they'll try to reignite a portable sometime soon? No, nah, no way. No. Nah. Mm. Nah, this- shame. This look, this we'll get to the PS3 in a second because I think that's the probably the one that's going to have the biggest impact. But mm. I, the thing that really sucks is the PSP Go because that's a digital only mm. handheld. So is yeah. it the flippy one? That's a flippy one, isn't it? I should know this because I'm supposed to be the same. But, no, but it, it's the slide out. The yeah. slide out. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so, like the yeah. only way outside of you know of modding the thing is of getting games on there is digitally. Hmm. So you have to, you know. Now, the, did you um, did you did you say the dates when they're shutting down? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so I mean, you've got till second of July to at least make purchases that's you want. That's aggressive, man. That's aggressive. Past that point, yeah. Past that months, point, yeah. PSP Go. If you, you know, unless you want to mod it, that's literally the last games you can play on that thing. Yeah, but you know the thing is, dude. Like with the PSP, man, it came out like fifteen years ago. Hmm. Like. At least with that, I can understand. Like, that, to me, I'm never actually a big fan of them shutting down the digital stores for these consoles. Um, Because I think it just plays into the hands of people who want to retain physical if they start to close down digital stores. Because it does get people going, oh, should I buy it digitally? Because maybe I'll never be able to download it again in the future. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, with PS Vita, I just can't get over it. It feels like an active console to me to some degree. I know it's kind of like in its last bit of life, but normally you'd think, yeah, and you give it five years, you know, like compared to what they've done with PSP, they've let that store be open since, you know, mid 2000s. And now they're killing the Vita one and it's not even 10 years old. So but even with the PSP, like I, I have Final Fantasy VII rema- uh, remake. I was going to say, wow, on PSP. Remastered, you know <laughs> what I mean? The, yeah, yeah. The, the Final Fantasy VII version of it on PSP. Yeah. And I played that for quite a bit on the PSP and that was a digital copy. Mm. So it'd be, I mean, I guess there's other avenues now, but unless you have a Switch or something, that that was probably the best way to play the game. Given, you know perfect screen for it graphics weren't being updated or anything like that it it felt really good on on that console i just think it's gonna absolutely like all both of these handhelds had an insanely huge uh modding scene Mm. so psp kind of got not killed that's the wrong way to say it but Mm. if you look at the attach rate of the psp compared to other handhelds it doesn't make any sense like the amount of software they sold on that versus the amount of hardware. So PSP was a pretty big success. It was about 80 million uh, PSPs sold from memory. And the software sales didn't really match the amount of consoles. And the only way it made sense is if you understood that people hacked the system. So they bought 
the retail unit and then just hacked it and put whatever games on there for free, which was really common uh, with a PSP. I think it was one of the most pirated systems that I knew mm. about. Um, but yeah, the PS Vita, like I just, you know, it, it's kind of like you have to say it's officially dead now. But if you put it in the context of PlayStation, PlayStation didn't really have a failure until the PS Vita. You know, you go through PS1, 2, 3, 4, and the PSP, the worst seller was a PSP, and that was 80 million. So then you go to, like, the PS Vita, I think... They haven't even announced how many they've sold, but people think it's kind of in the order of about 15 million. So kind of the same as the Wii U, um, which is pretty bad numbers for a handheld, so... And now you wanted to move on to PS3, Swinney? Yeah, look, this absolutely sucks. There's no way around it. Now, there's... Obviously, there must be some technical... Like, this whole decision, there must be some reason for them to do it, right? That oh, makes I've sense got a theory, but you're gone. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, look, I'm not going to come up with theory. I'm just saying that, look, because outside of that, to me, this is just a... It's a horrible decision. It It's kind of... I saw an article early today that was very... Look, it was, it was very over the top, but still, it basically said, you know, in... The, Within the same couple of weeks, you've got Nintendo like removing digital versions of like Mario All Stars and oh, yeah, Fire Emblem, right, yeah. yeah. And then you've got PlayStation shutting down these digital stores. They're like, it's it's like suddenly like just the it's like these companies don't care about old games anymore, you know? Well, they don't. It's, Sony doesn't. No. Yeah, and like we've we've heard Jack Ryan talk before about looking at you know like older playstation games just go why would anyone want to play that you know i've got the quote quickly (laughs) so this was he was chatting to time so this is what he said uh he goes when we've dabbled with backwards compatibility i can say it's one of those features that's much requested but not actually used much that and i was at a gran turismo event recently where they had ps1 2 3 4 games and the ps1 and ps2 games they looked ancient like why would anyone want to play this (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, this guy, and by the way, so just for people to understand the context, it's kind of interesting. Sony is a Japanese company, but essentially PlayStation is run by Americans now. So they had this battle, uh, Sony uh, of like California, essentially, but Sony USA and Sony Japan and Sony USA won. And that's why you've seen Fallout where, you know, we covered it mm. a few weeks ago with um, the Tokyo arm of like Sony's game studio basically closing down for the most part. And just leaving Team Asabi, who do uh, Astrobot, it's really because you know the US branch won and now runs Sony. So Jim Ryan is now the head of Sony Interactive Entertainment, which has PlayStation underneath it. Uh, so this is kind of his view of the world. So mm. from that perspective, it kind of doesn't surprise me to a degree, but it's very sad. It's very sad, especially with a PS3 Swinney, right? Because and it's funny because you're about to get a PS3, right? <laughs> like you're trying to hunt one down. <laughs> yeah, and but that. I'm not so concerned about that because a lot of the games that I want, I know are generally all physical releases. But there's, I mean, it's just like Xbox. There's a lot of digital-only games on PS3 that, that unless they've been found re-release or they're on PC, whatever, like some of that stuff's just going to be lost forever, you know, from a game preservation standpoint. It mm. absolutely sucks. Yeah, and like, you know, people, people get this wrong with the PS3. PS3 had a very different architecture compared to the current gen and last gen of consoles, PS4, PS5, and Xbox One and Xbox Series X. 
And because of that, it's very difficult actually to emulate PS3 games to a standard that people would, you know, consider acceptable. So there's a lot of games on PS3 still to this day that you really can only play them on a PS3, including digital games. So they are now like fully blocking off these games once the store goes offline. And I think, again, the timelines are so aggressive. The 2nd of July, it's like three months, is it three months, three, four months away um, compared to when the podcast goes up. It's kind of nuts. And it shows that Jim Ryan really doesn't care about backwards compatibility or old legacy games. If there's one, if there's one thing that I'll give them is that at least they have included the re-download feature. Because yeah, that's true. That's one that. thing. That's mm. one thing that they've done way better than when Nintendo's done this. Which is, I still cannot believe that just is the case. Like, if it wasn't the fact that you know, like a lot of the, the Wii Store, right? The Wii Store, um, Nintendo DSi, mm. um, even the Wii U and 3DS in some countries, not. Not you know a lot of not all countries, but you know they don't have the ability to retail like games that purchased. It's wild. <laughs> so, it's how is nuts. that even? I mean, how does that work from a legal perspective? If you sell someone, it's a not, product like that, but then you're unable to get it again. It's never been challenged, but mm. legally, even you know, it's kind of weird. But when you buy a physical game, you're not buying a physical game. You're not buying mm. a copy of that game. You're yep. buying a license. Yes. To play that game, as long as so they, they want you to the license, have, yeah, yeah, they can. They yeah. Any choice that they want, That's which crazy again has never been challenged in court, any court no. in the world, yet. But it's only really recently where where that's a thing. As in, in in the past, you may have only you know had a license for the original Fallout, but you had the physical disc. You could install yeah, it exactly. on a machine. Exactly. You could play exactly. it. No one really exactly. cared. Off you go, yeah. kind of thing. Whereas now you you just completely lose access to something you you paid for. Yeah. And, I mean, interesting. Thankfully, that's not the case in this situation. Or no, at least definitely for, not. At least for now. Who yeah, knows? but, but yeah. You look at your situation, Swinney. You want to pick up a PS3. This is not even joking for the audience or the anything. Like, you legitimately want to pick up a PS3, get through the back catalog of games, and you're going to be hampered, man, because there's a lot of games on there that you won't be able to get in Australia that easily. Mm. So, you know what's going to happen, Swinney? You're going to end up coming to me and modding the PS3. <laughs> and I'm going to say you finally come into my dark clutches because <laughs> it might be the only way you can play some of these games. Yeah, but it's, it's I don't know, it's really frustrating. It's very strange. I can't get over the Vita one. Like I get that it was like a very failed console for Sony, but I feel like that just doesn't give me confidence in Sony. It's a bit of a Google move, although let's be real, they would have killed it years and years ago. Um, but yeah, it, it's a bit of a bit of a dark one. And now we've done a really great job structuring the videos because our second item is about Analog Pocket, which has been now (laughs) delayed until October 2021. Uh, So Analog Pocket was intended to be distributed and sent out to folks who pre-ordered. Lucky was lucky enough to pre-order. So like I did get a pre-order for the Analog Pocket. It was meant to be shipped out in May. And in April, so just uh, this week, they actually announced to everyone. So I did get an email from them directly saying, you know, in in sort of summary, due to sudden and severe electrical component shortages, as well as logistical issues leading to a domino effect of challenges for nearly everyone in the industry, they've taken the decision to delay the console until 20, uh, sorry, to October 2021. Bummer. This is also in line with uh, the analog, analog day, which is like mid-October where they've 
pretty much year on year announced their new product. So it's going to be quite weird if they announce another new product whilst the product they announced years ago is still not even shipped yet. Yeah, surely they won't do that. Yeah, I think they might skip it this year, to be honest. Uh, They have said to people they will offer a full refund. They actually always offer a full refund. If you want to get your pre-order money back, they'll always allow you to get it back. The one thing I wanted to call out is they they put in two support articles. They didn't call out the articles directly. So they didn't say this is due to X or Y. They did call out the severe electrical component shortage. But the one that I thought was interesting, and I want to get your thoughts first, is just on the Suez Canal. And they, they pointed to the fact that that's been blocked as one of their issues. Like, Mike, like, you... you do you sort of think that's true or... Well, where do they make these things? Because, I mean, I'd, I'd assume a lot of these chips would be coming from Asia. Mm-hmm. Where's the assembly? China. Of... So, the analog pockets are assembled in China as well? Yes. So, they have an office and, yeah, in Hong Kong. They, they have a factory they... in China. Yeah. And they, I don't, they're I don't in Seattle. The... They're based in Seattle. What's the canal going to do with <laughs> any of that then? Exactly. Yeah. And they're are based they... in Seattle. That, does, that makes no sense. No, are there no sense. base materials that would potentially get shipped to Asia or would all just be in Asia? But also, don't forget, the Suez Canal thing is like the last couple of weeks, right? And with manufacturing, you can't manufacture something as sophisticated than this in a few days or a few weeks. Mm. These take months to be on a a manufacturing line, QA. QA Mm. can take weeks for these kind of products. All, all I know about that whole situation was that it created some of the best memes in ages. <laughs> it was awesome. I feel sorry for obviously anyone like, you know, if there were animals on those, some of those ships that were backed up. Mm. And things. There's obviously yeah, a, shit, lot of, true, a lot of yeah. loss financially and from, you know, from that side of things as well. But other than that, it was it was very funny few days from a meme standpoint. <laughs> I like how your cold heart, you know, like this is actually, yeah. th- they, this will lead to inflation for everyone, like unnecessarily in- inflation. At least I acknowledged it. Yeah, At true, least true. I acknowledged it. But I just hey, it in. <laughs> inflation, dead animals, whatever, we got memes. We right? got memes. Oh, okay. As if there's never memes anyway <laughs> about some other <laughs> bullshit. Um, so I don't know, like it's kind of weird. I don't know how to think about this because for me, I actually don't like how they're linking it to the Suez Canal stuff because I just think it's bullshit. But, you know, I, I'm a backer of this product. Like, I have I was looking forward to it coming out and playing. Yeah, um, I want one now. Well, yeah, it's really hard to <laughs> to order these things. But I'm too. not indirectly supporting the death of animals. You know who <laughs> would really want one right now? Or when it comes out? Is Swinny. You know why? Why? Because I found out a couple of days ago my Game Boy's dead. It doesn't work anymore. Oh, shit. So now you want one as well. So I, and I'm like, there may, look, maybe someone could repair it, but. I feel like they're repairable products. It just won't, like, I've heard Game Boys surviving like a, like, Bombs. You're about to say atomic bombs. No, it's about bombs. I said, I stopped for a set atomic. And it was house fires and stuff. No, no, no. I think you're thinking because they actually, uh, someone took a Game Boy to the Iraqi war in the 90s and it it was involved in an explosion and it was like partly destroyed, but it could still turn on and play games. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, 
but it just won't like i i clean tried to clean all the you know like battery terminal stuff because mm. it was a bit crusted over because there was batteries in there and things but i'm like man it just won't work almost so i reckon you could fix it i had donkey I kong i had donkey kong land 3 in there i'm like oh maybe it still has my time trial <laughs> i think you lent me that game um it'd probably be a capacitor issue on your game yeah game. i think you replace those but you can order one of these in 2023 yeah, I mean that's yeah. like, I joke about that, but that would actually probably be true. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, like I don't know, maybe I'm very patient. I'm not that too fussed about this. I really am a big believer in analog and what they do. And this year has been insane. Like if you see, like with the iPhone last year, it got delayed by two months. And I mean, we're talking about a trillion dollar company with their market power, and they still couldn't get enough chips. So I think everyone's really struggling in that space. And the other thing that uh, Sony is very excited about is that the Super NT will have another pre-order for this month. So, so you'd I've want to a, order one. I've got a question Please with that. Please let me know when. So the, the DAC, yep. that's, only required, that's only something if you want to feed it back into a CRT, is that right? Yeah, analog device, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I wouldn't need that. I'll just need the NT. Okay, no. Cool. Yeah, if you look, the thing is with the, the analog, because you, know, you probably want to ask, wait a second, you've got the Super NT, and then you turn it into, to with the DAC, like why are you just not using a Super Nintendo at that point in time? Um, but you can feed out like RGB signals that you can do heaps of other stuff that you want to do with it. So yeah, you don't need the DAC. Well, also, you know, my Super Nintendo is in pretty bad state. I don't even know if it's operational mm. anymore. Someone borrowed it from me and now I look at it and I don't even want to display it because I'm just like, this thing, you just look so sickly oh okay i'll take a photo and send it to you did their name start with matt and end with few so no (laughs) no okay someone else i'll explain post show okay cool okay so this is one thing that does annoy me with analog so they've said that uh the super nt and mostly because we're in australia the super nt pre-order this month and then the dac and the mega sg so the the for us the mega drive clone but for the, the states the genesis clone um, is actually going on pre-order shortly after, so probably the next month. But the problem okay. is when you pre-order it, you pay for it. So mm. just to warn you, Swinney, it's not like you're putting money down. You're paying for it. Yeah. Right? Fine. But the problem is if you wanted a DAC, you have to pay for the shipping individually. Uh. So you can't go, hey, guys, I, I'm happy to wait. Get the Super NT, get the DAC, and then put it together and ship it to you. Oh, okay, yeah. It's individual shipping, and it's like $90 Australian shipping. Whoa. It's insane. And it's how much disgusting. is the device? So the Super NT is like 189 US from memory. Okay. Let me right. just double check that. So whatever that works out to be. But then it's going to be yeah, like, yep. yeah. Another 90 bucks, wow. Like another 80 bucks, when you, I'd say. Well, if you're in shipping. the S end of the world, what do you expect? Oh, that is sick, man. I got the exact right number. One eight nine ninety nine. That's scary. You are. I do love analog, man. I love their stuff. Like, you, you're gonna like it. Um, so yeah, it's been delayed to October twenty one. I think they're also probably buffering the fact that they probably could do it earlier, but they don't want to announce another delay, mm. uh, like another company that we'll talk about shortly. All right, for news item number three, Monster Hunter Rise. It's absolutely destroying it in in sales. It's uh, rising up the game charts, you may say. <laughs> yes, it is. So the Switch exclusive has sold 4 million units in the first weekend. Which, like, interestingly, though, with Monster Hunter World, which was, 
you know, probably for a long time, the first Monster Hunter game to be console exclusive as it's not a remake, it's just its own thing, sold 5 million units. That was on PS4 and the Xbox One, and that sold those 5 million units in three days. But at the time that the game came out, there probably was like about maybe 80, 90 million PS3, uh, PS4s and Xbox Ones out there mm-hmm. in the wild. So kind of a comparable number to the amount of Switches out there. So whether this, this game will actually outsell Monster Hunter World, probably not based on the trajectory at the moment. Although a lot of Switch games do have a very long tail. So it still could actually happen. I mean, uh, Monster Hunter World had the it. had the huge advantage of being the first big next-gen Monster Hunter console game, you know. For like a while, they, right? For a long time, yeah, yeah. Because the series has essentially been, you know, on handhelds and things for a while. Yeah. So, it, and not only that, but it got the big um, E3 stage buzz. You know, Monster Hunter Rise had a lot of buzz, but World was, you know, everyone was talking about World. When it yeah, and, and also the fact that World kind of relatively just came out. So it came out in 2018. This is yeah, coming out three say, years later. Feel that old, yeah. Yeah, it's only three years. I so I, I think that does have a factor in it as well. Because to your points, when you're around, just hey, it hasn't really been on a console as its first. They've had other games that have come on console, but they're almost like remakes of the handheld version of it. So well, also, Iceborne's not that old, and Iceborne mm. you know, is a huge expansion that goes on top of Worlds. So. Mm, that's true. Yeah, it's, that's kind of an interesting one as well. Um, and then probably the other one that I'm thinking, I'm just trying to work through it now. They they really didn't have them off like uh, Nintendo consoles for a while. So if you're like a Sony fan and you're not really a Nintendo player, you actually hadn't had a Monster Hunter game for a while from memory. I know, you want again for a while. Because it was on PSP <laughs> from memory. So yeah, I guess that's also probably going to drive some of the demand for it. So Now... I have played this game a lot more mm-hmm. and it finally clicked with me. And the other thing is I didn't realize guys, because you know how I was saying how I'm so shit at monster hunter and I'm happy mm. to admit it. Um, and everyone's saying how easy this game is. I'm like, oh, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm getting killed all the time. Can, let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Because you mentioned it last week. Oh, did it I? Be- well, you mentioned something last week. Is it because you weren't sharpening your blade? Well, that was part of the problem. <laughs> Plus, I didn't realize you kind of like you're meant to back off and then like heal and stuff. It's I was playing all the hub quests, you know, the multiplayer quests. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I, I haven't got far enough in to know exactly the quest breakdown with uh, this one. So, like, all the like, so I only realized after I beat one of the quests, and it's saying it the game is telling me don't play these quests by yourself, they're not, <laughs> they're not meant to be played solo. You're meant to play these with other people. Like, that's the oh, whole point of the hub quests. Yeah, yeah, no wonder yeah. the game The village quests are solo, <laughs> whereas the hub quests are multiplayer ones. And I look, it scales, so it's not, like, impossible or anything. Hmm. But I was playing, I'm like, why am I like, getting my ass absolutely, like, handed to me with these things? <laughs> and then I went back and played the village ones. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm smashing these ones out, <laughs> right? But, yeah, like, I, I, Swinny, like, I kind of have my head around the loop and everything like that and... I'm like, damn, I'm pretty addicted. I had to actually put it down because I was like, I'm not going to get through a game of some other year games that I need to play. Uh, But I'm so looking forward to going back to this game. It was one of my most anticipated games this year. And I, my guess is I will sink in like 150 hours in this game. Whoa. That's my guess at this stage. That's kind of nuts. 
pretty common from Monster Hunter. So. Yeah, I, I heard that, and I'm like, it also gives me to? that Breath of the Wild vibe of addiction. Uh-oh. I don't know. It's just like something about it. I just, it's just. I'm worried. I want to pick it up, but I'm worried about that. What, what? What is it about, and do you have to spend that much to really get something out of the game? No, no, I don't think I don't think you need to play okay. that much time. But I don't know. I just really like the loop, just like the combat. I like the the setting. I like the aesthetics of it. Uh-huh. I like that it's it's odd game for me because I've never played Monster Hunter before. There's so many weird like niche things in the game and systems, and it doesn't explain half of them because. <laughs> I went through the like. Uh, well, well, the, we should say the, this because we didn't say it earlier that you've actually picked it up when you said you weren't going to. Yeah, I picked it up. He, he convinced me. Through, <laughs> Literally through in the podcast, we're saying, "Hey, you should get it," and you go, "Nah, I'll get it later, whatever." And then two hours later, you bought it. So yes, <laughs> I can't. I can't refute that. But uh, so I went through. I've I've only uh, I've only played ever played World and tiny bit of like one of the 3ds ones. Oh yeah, um, and. Yeah, like I was trying to sit there just thinking to myself, what's the, what's the impression Intercot's getting from all this? Because it does do a, do a bit of a tutorial, take you around, but it's just oh, like not really. there's one pop up screen, and <laughs> then it's like, oh, if you didn't get that, then you had like it's it's pretty wild. But the good thing, yeah, about it's like here's six is pages that- of really critical information that's boring but super critical. And you're about to fight someone and you just want to skip it all, like I've done a few times, and then gone, shit, what the hell was that that tutorial saying? But once you start, like, it starts creeping in, or you start, okay, oh, that was that thing that was mentioned ages ago, and that's why that person's <sighs> there in, in the heart. Yeah. It, it will start to click and click and click and keep on going. I agree with and, that. I agree with that. And then at some point, it just, you're like, oh man, this is just really, really addictive. So. Yeah, I think it took me like 10 hours. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm pretty much into this game. And then I had to put it down. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I really want to just keep playing this game. But I just feel like I'm not going to be able to play Allied Noir and Deus Ex and Dark Souls and just, you know, get deeper into those games. I was is- going to pick it up if it wasn't for those games as well. Look, I played all of those games, and but I want to complete them all, right? I feel like you mm. have to complete them. So, but yeah, this game, I'm really, really into it. Like I said, I'm super into like playing it. Uh, after I get through most of those games, there's a PC version of it coming out next year, which is fascinating. And I, I'm kind of glad that I never played World, even though I own it. It's like literally just behind me, um, because I think just hearing people who played World, and then the graphics in this version, it's kind of like a downgrade, obviously. Because you're talking about PS4 mm. going to Switch, but to me, I look at it and I go, "This looks like the best Switch game I've seen." I don't know about you, Swinny. Oh, runs alright. It looks really nice. It runs pretty decently, actually. Okay. Uh, considering the early footage s- looked a bit rough when they first showed it, yes. but at the same time, I haven't been in a situation where there's like a monster battle going on in front of me with all this like scrap going on. But it seems, to, from all reports, it seems to run pretty steady. It's a solid 30. And like I've always said, if you can hit like a solid 30, it's fine, right? It's not as good mm. as 60, but in a weird way, I'd prefer that than something that goes choppy between 30 and 60. Oh, way better, yeah. It does, like I've played, like I'm I said, same. for about 10 hours and there's, I can recall like maybe three or four times where I've noticed the frame drops. But weirdly enough, Swinny, I don't think it's as even as much to do with the battles with the large monsters. It's just like weird, like, I think it was like loading in, you know, stuff into RAM or something like that. Like when I'm going into really different areas quickly and it kind of like threw it off. Like I was on the Palamute going as fast as I could. 
Um, very cool game. And Bloody Swinney, I, I said, I gave him an open invite. It's like essentially a multiplayer game. He gets the game. I'm like, sweet. Hit me up when you want to play multiplayer. Absolute fucking silence. Nothing. <laughs> because I've been too busy to play the games I wanted to play this week. Yep. Unbelievable. He did that to me with Code Vein. So he does that. I feel too bad he about it. He always does that. It's all about it's the not, Chivos. That is not yeah. a comparable situation. It's a totally comparable situation. You you got me to buy that game. It's the reverse situation. Okay, it's a reverse I situation. I bought it because he bought it, not the other way, which is what you're saying. No, this is actually... <laughs> no, you're right. Code, wait, Code Bane is even worse because yes. you got me to buy it and then you didn't even play it. No. Even though you told me to get it so we could play no, it. No, okay. I've s- it's I a way worse I've, situation. I've just clarified this before. <laughs> I, all right, at the time, I didn't know you didn't own it. You asked me, oh, have you heard of Code Vein? Do you want to play co-op? I'm saying, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I didn't know you didn't buy it. You didn't have it already. I didn't have it. I bought it so we could play co-op. And then, yeah, you didn't want to play. <laughs> That's anyway, what he's like, audience. Time to move on. Wait till he has the face cam so we can ridicule him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, news item number four. CD Project Lead and CD Project Group. Said there. Said there project. Said there project. You gotta project. say it properly. So they're, project. In, they're in the e headlines project. again. They're in the headlines again. And um they had a really, really interesting public strategy update. So essentially instead of their, you know, in person uh, presentations to investors, they actually did it all on YouTube. But it was a highly produced version, which is you know, like I'm obviously in the corporate world, so as you, Mike, same as you, Mike, in kind of roughly the same type of space. Normally with these investor sessions, they don't like to make it really slick and, you know, marketing-based or anything like that. They try to still kind of keep it straight and narrow. Um, so I thought that was really fascinating from the start. So we just wanted to call out, you know, some of the interesting things there. So they really laid out some of the groundwork of what they're going to do going forward, which included their annual plan. So they're shifting from a five-year plan to an annual plan that they'll update every year, obviously. Uh, very huge focus on Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher. Uh, you know, there's a bit later and we'll chat on it just around the quote-unquote flywheel, which is getting super businessy, super, oh, super yeah. corporate. But, um, <laughs> you know, it does seem to be a massive thing for them. Uh, they, you know, by itself have referenced the fact that uh, the way that the PR went for Cyberpunk, they're not going to repeat that. So they may tease games, but they will not have a huge campaign until they're super confident of hitting a date. And almost like the biggest bit of news, and there's other things that we'll call out, but almost the biggest bit of news is like they're pretty much changing the way they develop games from next year on, which is moving to Agile, so having cross-functional teams. So they have very strict departments at the moment they're going to break it down into agile teams so you normally see up to a dozen people so you have artists programmers all different people involved and splitting into two big teams so this is under their red 2.0 initiative where they'll actually support two new AAA titles that they'll be developing next year so Swinny, what did you think about all of this well first of all look it was an interesting watch as you said there's part points where it does get super corporate but i mean that that it's a strategy presentation you know normally they're worse than this at least they did mm. make it a bit more interesting because they knew that they were going to release this to the public but i did find it very disingenuous where they're at the start they're, they're doing the whole 
as he said, like, oh, normally we'd have you all in a room and we'd do this, you know, as if they're speaking to... <laughs> Who's they, yeah. Yeah, no, as if they're speaking to the employees. Yeah. But yeah. then everything else seemed like... And they kind of talk, they start talking about, oh, gamers, almost like they changed the audience. So it's almost like they threw that in there just to put on a bit of a facade that this it's strange. is for internal only, but then everything else, or a lot of the rest of it. But look, it was really interesting. There's... You know, there's a lot of good in this, um, especially mm. when they start talking about debatable. No, no. There's a, <laughs> as I'll say, there's a lot of good, but then there's also other stuff. You know, I think that they're very good, very good with the policies you said about the the marketing, the pre-release hype. I think that is a very you know they had to make changes, and I think that is a fantastic change that they're only they're going to make sure that they show off games on all the platforms that it's coming to. They're not going to have, um, you know, concept demos as, a, you know, they're going to try to be a lot more upfront with that stuff, um, you know, and there's a lot of good around the roadmap for the future, you know, Witcher and Cyberpunk games, you know, whether or not it's things we know about like Monster Slayer and all that stuff or just, mm. you know, the DLC and expansions. Look, there's good in there, um, but the bad for me is the fact that it kind of, like this whole multiplayer situation, um, with Cyberpunk, just it was the one of the most confusing explanations <laughs> I've seen. And I understand. Look, I know it was nuts. <laughs> to their to their credit, you know, all the people that spoke, you know, very good English and everything. But if I don't know who worded this explanation about why they're changing their direction, so basically, I guess to clarify, so they're reworking their plan. So originally, they stand planned on doing a standalone Cyberpunk kind of product multiplayer product and instead and this is my quick interpretation of it maybe you've got a better way into god or or mike but there's they're instead investigating technology to allow them to incorporate online and community features in all their future games Mm. but it's like okay what does that so does that mean there is no longer a standalone cyberpunk like that's the impression i'm getting a lot of people aren't happy about that because, you know, a lot of people thought that would be part and parcel of the product that they're buying. But mm. I thought from the start, I'd always had the impression it was a separate thing. But, oh, 100%. No, yeah. I think everyone thought that. Like, there were oh, never... there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that, that are annoyed, oh. so they didn't think that. No, look, okay, we should put our cards on the table. I'm not a huge fan of CDPR or like CD Project. So the company, CDPR is the development arm of CD Project. So I probably dislike CD Projekt and don't mind CDPR. They're just developers, right? Like I feel bad for them in some cases. But They're amazing developers. I should say, like, put it out there. Like I'm probably on the anti side of these guys, whereas you both are. I think you're very optimistic about them, Swinney. I think Mike's right in the middle. Pretty, no, no, al- pretty aligned to our they video presentation. Games, so. I think they make absolutely great games. It's just I think... Uh, so on that topic, and uh, sorry, I don't mean to. Yeah, but to they, bite in they or make anything. they make great games, but like the PS4 version and the base. Oh Xbox yeah, One so the corporate of CD component of it, I don't like either, and which is quite ironic because the entire the entire presentation that they did was so corporate. It wasn't funny. <laughs> it was it, insane. I was, it's like I was one of my presentations. <laughs> I know. I was working on a strategy pack on Thursday, mm. so like yesterday, and. 
I'm, I'm watching this thing and I'm going, wow, this is a gaming company. What has a gaming company become? Especially a gaming company that started its grassroots. I mean, all gaming with companies like would the have Witcher. this kind of, sorry, all gaming companies that are of their size would have these kind of presentations. No, uh, of course, yeah. It reaches that certain level where I think it needs to have that. But I think I find it ironic and I don't know what the devs that worked on Cyberpunk will make of watching. I think, honestly, if I was a dev that worked on Cyberpunk, especially when the whole idea behind cyberpunk is how corporations are screwing over the world <laughs> yeah and you see this presentation from your superiors <laughs> about exactly them doing that and making this entire thing the most corporate spiel you could possibly get the irony is just insane and i i don't know what i'd feel like as a dev i'd actually be pretty pissed off to be honest if if this kind of thing came out i get why they have to do it and i get that they need to run it as a business like that but the way it was done and the fact that like Little tiny details were really weird. You know, if, if I was if I was a company like that where I had to do a marketing spear like this, um, to do to do a strategy pack or a strategy presentation, I would at the very least interject a bit of humor or some some flair that's sort of associated to to the company itself. Instead of they literally used like basic icons that you get <laughs> that I've seen in so many different strategy packs like, that you no, get from, like, from like, flaticon.com. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking because I've seen the same. I, I swear to God, I've used I know, the same I icons before. I could Google it right now. Totally could. <laughs> Instead of like actually using, you know, Witcher or Cyberpunk icons yeah. to at least give it that little bit of human touch, if you could call it that, that's related to the company. So I was actually... I get it, but man, I was really disappointed watching something like this. So I, I don't know what the actual devs themselves would feel like. I'd feel like they're like oh, just rolling their eyes seeing something like this. How do, you, how do you know that's just not how it is all the time there? Or at least of recent times? Because this is the one of... I don't know, maybe we've, maybe they have released this stuff in the past, but... No, no, maybe, it might be. maybe this yeah. is just the stuff they do all the time. And no, look, it might be. I just, I just look. I, I don't want to stereotype um, game developers because I am not one, but I can imagine if I can imagine game de- developers in general are not into that corporate shit. They, they're not the suit no, wearing not. corporate not. strategy writing, uh, you know, bullshit business people. Half the people that work in corporations don't care about that crap. You no, know, I know but that, but, but having to kind of, like, I just, I think it's so no, no, ironic and just so not... I kind of get what, like, Mike's saying, because I know some mates who, you know, because I, I did programming at uni, so same as you, Mike, but hmm. a lot of my mates, like, there's some of them went into, like, games and game development, um, like, most didn't, most went to the corporate path. And the ones that went down the other path, it's more artistic, more like, I don't give a shit about money. I just want to do something I'm passionate about, doing something fun, creative. And honestly, like, they get ripped off, man. They're, like, Mm. more of, like, much better coders on average, I would say, than a lot of the corporate people I know. And they're probably getting half the money, right? So it's kind of that space. Look, like, I kind of get where you're coming from, Swinney. And I think it's just that we fundamentally are very different ways to approach these things. See, I really dislike CD Projekt coming out saying that they're holier than thou, that they're totally different in terms of other game companies. We don't do crunch. We are pro gamer. We're honest company, all this stuff. And I feel like everything that they said, they basically threw it in the bin and said, well, we want to make more money, right? Because there's no reason why they should have released Cyberpunk when they did. And they did it anyway because they wanted the money. Right, like you can't argue with anything else other than that. Well, let me. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not talking about like I'm not defending any of that stuff. We know how horrible that is. My question is, what 
what are you expecting them to do this time? Just stay quiet? Like, they've got to rebuild. And to rebuild, yeah. you've got to communicate what you're rebuilding. Yeah, but this was not a good communication for me, right? And honestly, I could do like a three-hour video on just this one 20-something minute video, 24-minute video, right? You know, from the start, they go, oh, our values are quality, right? That's their first and most important value. Well, if your value is quality, you have absolutely fucking failed, and right? Because they've, they've admitted that. They've said that you we You don't have it as your value. No, but the point is they... They've always had that, like the quality of their games. It's not their value. Writing. It's not their value. Like that's just the BS value. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Intergod on this one. I look. I think. I think they do. Like, it's, it's a weird one. I kind of agree with you both because I feel like it's a value that they might hold. No, it's not. They just don't adhere to it enough. That's not how values instances. work. Values are I know that. the things you do, but not the things you promise you do, right? Well, it's the things you have on the, a on a is... wall somewhere in an office and in a bunch of powerpoint presentation packs that are supposed to govern the decisions that you make which clearly they didn't really use properly when it came to decisions like releasing cyberpunk way too early (laughs) yeah well no but i I think from a business decision it might not have been the worst decision i might have made the same decision from a business perspective i'm not saying from a business perspective though right and if their values if but from a business perspective i wouldn't have made that same decision i because come on, you, no, the, the you amount of money that was on the this. line. No, 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 the amount of money that no, was on I, the line. Yeah, but the amount of money you could lose as a result of making a decision like that. No, but that look is at people massive. like Swinney. He's already like eating up what they're saying here. No, that's the but point. But he won't is buy the game I, now. I, I he will. He fact. will. If, no, look, okay, that I, that's a that's a separate thing. What I want to basically say with this is, <laughs> I know it's a value of theirs because I've played their it's games not. that ha- are of high quality. Okay. Witcher 3, Witcher 2, mm. these are amazing high-quality games. Yeah, but Witcher 3 release broken. But quality isn't always about, okay, is is the game buggy or not? The quality yes, of the experience. Is. The quality of the experience, the quality of the story, the quality of the systems, the mechanics. There's a lot more than just, is it buggy or not? No, no. So... Like a Tesla is not high quality. If you sit in a Tesla, you'll notice mm. that the dash doesn't even sit properly in some of them, right? Yeah, the you doors can never don't argue... align, the panels are so Exactly. Bad. You can never argue it's high quality. I'm not saying The Witcher 3 isn't a masterpiece. That's a different thing. It's a different thing. It's like, is there depth to the game? Is there passion? All these kind of things. 100%, right? But quality has a certain meaning and they do not make quality games. It's just not what they do. You They've never done it. You haven't played uh. any of their games. Are you disagreeing that Witcher 3 released broken? It didn't release broken. It released oh. with bugs, but it wasn't broken. Far out. I thought you were an Xbox shield. You're like the CDPR no, shield. No, Witcher 3 was not broken. It was buggy, but it was not broken like that Cyberpunk. That is not high quality. That's not what quality means. Quality no. has a meaning. That's not the meaning of quality. What I'm saying is that they're in the past, their values, they've put out high, very, very high quality games. Obviously, Cyberpunk was not one of them. It doesn't mean that they have to trash that value just because they didn't live up to it. Well, that's that changed release. anyway now. It's quality and team something, wasn't it? Because they changed No, no, that. this is their new value. Their core no, no, value. Well, no, no, no. Very... Their core value was quality, but that's no, not it's not was. It quality is. No, no, no. And... I'm looking at it. It's saying quality as our top priority. Oh, anyway. but I thought I thought the new one was quality and team. Or no, something. no, the next one they is passion team and teams to it. with our as our greatest. Right. Anyway, I think we're we're wasting too too long on what is a corporate value. <laughs> but they re, they reaffirmed that that is the top priority for them, and that is one of the reasons, obviously, they're yeah 
and alongside money, which is the primary reason, uh, mm. trying to fix all this crap. They don't mention money once in, in this presentation. Oh, well, yeah, I imagine, I would love, I'm sure there is a company out there that just has a value that's like money. It just says money. <laughs> no, just want Macquarie. To make money. Macquarie did. Like le- legitimately, <laughs> like it was one of the values. That's See, again, th- this is where like I get annoyed with companies like Cedar Project, right? Macquarie are very honest with what they're all about. They were about how do you make a lot of money for ourselves and how do you make a lot of money for our clients so we both win. Right, like that's just being honest, right? I find the CD project are one of the most dishonest companies I've ever seen from a business perspective. Um, but yeah, we do need to move on within this presentation because there's so much in here that I want to talk about. Cyberpunk is going to be a massive franchise for them. Like the fact that they're calling Cyberpunk a franchise when the only game in the franchise, quote unquote, is one, and it got pulled from the biggest store that's <laughs> available, which is PlayStation Store. It's like bit of an interesting franchise and also they don't own the ip i just i don't understand this company this company is bizarre to me but they don't own the witcher ip no 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 uh, they they have an agreement now on that so yeah, but like, i'm saying i mean they're both they're both adapted ips so yeah i look i i gotta be careful because i don't know the full detail i know with witcher they came and came up with an agreement with the author um they have a really interesting law in poland it's fascinating actually it's like i've never heard of this in any legal field where they did a deal with the author but polish law says that if a deal like this for you know ip or anything like that becomes so egregiously unfair over time that it can be renegotiated or thrown out wow and the author the author said i don't give a fuck about video games he actually hates video games the author the polish author (laughs) and he's a god in poland like these games are massive uh, these books are massive and he's just like video games they're fucking shit whatever it literally is like ten thousand us dollars or something he gave them the rights Mm. to witcher and it was for not just the witcher it was like other associated properties with their version of the witcher right and then he, the bastard, in my opinion, because he's like F video games and then, you know, comes back later saying, well, this is unfair. <laughs> like this, this game's made more money than my book series. <laughs> and yeah, they had to renegotiate. And then as part of that, they've got a deal to like, they can, you know, make more games and merchandise and he gets a cut, cut of it. Um, I don't think they have the same thing with Cyberpunk. I think it's a bit different, the arrangement there. I just meant they're both not IPs they created from scratch. Yeah. That's what I meant. Well, you know, they're not, not find, a very original company. So I find it interesting why, why I mean, I don't know, this is a whole different topic of discussion, why they didn't just create their own sci-fi. Oh, I do not why understand Why they had it. to don't use the it. name. Because, I mean, they could have created the whole world and the name Correct. and everything without needing to have anything to do with 100%. the cyberpunk IP. But it gives them credit. It's it gives them, gives them straight cred. It's probably down the, the to that, yeah. this tabletop RPG. You know? mm. I don't think people, Swinny, I think mainstream uh, people don't know. I think no. mainstream people just think it's yeah, their I wouldn't IP. Have cared. Oh, I, yeah. I agree. I agree. But I'm just saying, like that's that's one of the reasons because you know it wouldn't have cost much to gain. It's probably the down to that. License. They probably didn't have. Yeah, the cost would have probably been low enough that they didn't. But I, I'm not sure if like the agreement was under Polish law. But it feels like <laughs> if this becomes a mega series, they might need to renegotiate it again. I don't it think it would have been under dumb. Polish law because Cyberpunk is. But from their a company US... is no, their company is Polish company. So, yeah, but can... I mean, they would have had an agreement with the rights in the US. Yeah, but you assume. could file in Poland under anyway, Polish law potentially. Anyway. Yeah, but what I wanted to call out was that they view Cyberpunk as a huge franchise for them. So hmm. it seems like. They're going to make a sequel to this game, 
Okay. Like has to based on what they're saying. I just I just want to know how they how agile development's going to go for them. Well, they've got agile and waterfall in the presentation on the same well, so, slide. So, so, so I remember they had they had the from <laughs> and the two. So they went focusing on triple A RPGs to genre yes, yeah, yeah. blending with triple yeah, yeah. A RPG at its core, and then they went single player to single player plus online, and then they had waterfall development to agile delivery. Yeah. And then they had triple A game focus. To Are you memorizing a- this or? No, no, I'm reading it. Okay, good. Uh, plus broad, broad IP ecosystem in mobile and beyond gaming. And then the last one that I was trying yeah, to find before and I'm gonna, was... I'm going to object to this. Yeah, it's okay. Just a sec. Well, yeah, I know you will object to this one. They had quality focused to <laughs> team and quality focused. The reason why they had that, and I get why they had that, is because they didn't want to seem like, oh, well, you guys only focus on quality at the at the cost of everyone's well being. Which, by the way, they did they did actually talk about how personal well being and mental health is really important. And I do think that the management is taking that seriously because of everything that's been going on. Mm. Look, if you um, if you find like if if there's one thing that you'd get me to like give them absolute shit about, was that was what they did with Crunch. Like, anyway, we've we've had a whole. Yeah, with segment it. about uh, that, but yeah, just want to say that. Look, I felt that was just like that was a part that just made me roll my eyes, honestly. Oh, and the, the thing that really pissed me off with that as well was they're talking about mental health, as if it's like the people's mental health, like they've got problems or something, so we'll help them out with their mental health. It's like, no, you're working people to the bone <laughs> on a game that you shouldn't ship, and people internally to your company are saying, "Do not ship this game." Like they were shocked when they were talking about it being shipped in March. Like last uh, two years ago now, wasn't it? Or last year, March it was meant to come out. Yeah, last year March, and people were like, "Are you kidding me? This game can't come out March. Yeah, this, is, this is insane." Um, the last thing I wanted to say about this, and I don't know, Sweeney, you're getting pissed at me in this whole segment, <laughs> is that the, just when they're talking about the year plans and the PR stuff, and I totally agree with that. I think every company, I I, I genuinely don't think you need more than six months to hype up a game. So, like, when they're talking about their campaign, so there's a difference between, you know, if you look at Bethesda, Elder Scrolls Six, we're working on it. It's going to happen, right? You kind of need to say that because you want to get good devs to come along and make that game, right? Yeah. So, I think it's fine that Bethesda came out and said, Elder Scrolls Six, it's happening, and then say nothing but about that's it, it for just four at a high years. level, it's yeah. still happening, right? Hold your horses, it's coming. But they I also think- they also had to, they were bouncing back from Fallout 76, Sure, so sure, sure, sure. That was one of the reasons why they really went out with that. Yeah, and they had this weird thing where it's like they had to like do every like they started doing E three and they didn't stop, so they were just like, oh shit, we have to announce something. Um, but I do think that that's fine to tease that, and I think it's fine. And we'll get into it. Like if they go, Witcher four is happening, right? But I think you only need like six months to hype up a game, you know, to go this game's coming, and then you know that really short window that you have when you know the game's going to be coming out. Like, that's when you can start the real big marketing campaign. I don't think you need years to market these games. I've never understood that personally. Hmm. Um, But yeah, Swinny, the last thing I wanted to call out was this little nugget that the guy had where he goes, you know, once we think Cyberpunk, so they're releasing patches for Cyberpunk. They just released a patch and we'll talk about it soon. Yeah, yeah. For 1.2, they go, when we feel like the game is quality enough, we'll work on the next gen version of cyberpunk 2077 i was like whoa they don't even think the game is quality right now like and that's 1.2 if they are talking to sony and sony actually like looks at this stuff carefully 
they're going to go, well, dude, you, you don't even think that this game's quality. Like, why the hell would we let it back on the store? And I don't want to go into it because we've got another segment on it, but that yeah, one really shocked me when I saw that. that. Was there anything else you wanted to mention, Sweeney? Like, no, because so I think, well, we, we should get into the Cyberpunk patch stuff. All right, all right. Well, let's... There's a lot on this topic that I want to talk about. But not <laughs> all right, well, let's yeah. get into the next item of news. Number five, Cyberpunk 2077. So we have patch... 1.2, uh, and then a question mark, I think more from uh, Swinney and Mike. Will this get Cyberpunk 2077 back on the PlayStation Store? So I actually went through and counted all of the patch line items that they had, and it was 509 patch line items, specific patch notes. Damn, son. <laughs> about, about from uh, version uh, 1.2, which is all live uh, on the stores right now. So again, Sony, just to recap, pulled the game from digital stores and PS4, PS5 back in December due to very poor performance on the base PS4 models and primarily because CD Projekt Red unilaterally told people that they could get refunds, which was actually against Sony's policy to get refunds for games, which caused huge issues. And then Sony actually, for the first time, said that they will allow refunds on games that have been purchased already. And even to this day, if I go into some stores, they still don't allow me to buy uh, Cyberpunk just off the shelf. Like you have to go talk to the people at the counter about the game and Hmm. and they note that the game is buggy, which is insane to me. Uh, So Mike, you had a few things to mention. I don't know if you've played the 1.2 patch or not. No, I have not played it just yet uh i was actually going to wait for the patch beyond this patch to fix the issues that the patch introduced but (laughs) but i actually struggled trying to find a a really good summary of the 509 specific patch line items because i know we had this this uh, a little discussion about this offline i value seeing a full list it's really cool because then you can specifically see if they fixed a thing that he had a problem with but I just want to like a high level. Hey, give me that like the top ten biggest yeah. things you guys did. In, you know, stuff like no more instant spawning cops, which I know a lot of people. You know, it was a pet peeve for a lot of people. I like to just read high level stuff like that, and then go into the details of. Oh wow, you fixed this particular issue I had with this particular quest that I did one time. Um, so I didn't really. Yeah, I, I went through the list and stuff. There was. It's hard to also tell what's what because there's so many like quest specific stuff that mm. either I did the quest and I don't remember running into the bug or I'm not up to the quest yet. So I'm not sure if that's, you know, I would have had that issue or not. It's it's a really weird one in general because I still really, really enjoyed the experience of yeah. Cyberpunk. I know that it wasn't what people expected it to be. It certain, certainly wasn't what I expected it to be. And I think it had a lot of quality issues. But I love the experience. There were so many things about it that just worked so well. And I really enjoyed what I played on PC. Hmm. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I need to install 1.2. The only thing is I'm hoping they don't fix the glitch. I didn't, I didn't see it anywhere in the patch notes. There's a glitch where you can... Uh, you can not that you need to because you get plenty of cash in this game. But there are certain cars and stuff that I wanted to get. And I'm like, man, I don't have the time to get all the cash required to get these cars. And you can sell this particular painting that I won't spoil to anyone who needs, uh, who, who doesn't want to, you know, cheat in this for a really hefty amount. And you can keep buying it back for like a really low amount, selling it, buying it, selling it. Uh, I didn't see that being patched. So I was happy with that. 
I don't know why, but you always are obsessed about finding ways to generate money in video games. For... I know it's it's ironic it's like given that I'm not. That I don't do that in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I like I find so many loopholes in all these games to generate the max I... amount of money. Like in GTA, who you know, billions of dollars playing the stock market. Diablo selling stuff on the auction. Yeah, you always house, work it out. You always work it out. Stuff. You always but not like, in real life. Here I am trick. in real life with my popo freaking. <laughs> you should be a background. trader or something like that in real life. But um, yeah, well. I, look, Swinny might be able to summarize it better than I can. But from what I understand and I've read, they've pretty much made every quest completable now. So quests for <laughs> many people were not completable, like certain specific quests. So that that was a big aim for this patch to make sure that you complete all the quests. And supposedly that is the case now. It has introduced weird bugs, this new version even, but at least the quests are completable. Is that is that right, Swinny? Look, I I haven't read the notes because I, they wouldn't make a lot of sense to someone who hasn't played the game. Mm. But um, one thing about this is, look, this is a huge patch, and obviously the patch notes are ridiculous. I do agree that one hundred percent that a summary would have been fantastic for the high big high level stuff. Um, mm. There's obviously people out there who would have just done it for them, but you shouldn't have to go looking for that. Um, but one thing I think it's important to remember with this, and it's exactly the point you were just making, is that this is focusing a lot on those quests. And in a game like this, there are so many quests. So there's yeah. going to be so many specific things to mention for the people that are looking for that specific fix. Um, you know, someone that's played through Assassin's Creed Valhalla recently and had specific issues that I was checking out their patch notes for each release. Um, while they weren't as big as this, they were at least probably three quarters of the size. Um, and, you know, I'm not defending Valhalla in any way either. Like that game had a lot of issues and still does. Um, so the reason why I like this, although it is ridiculous to look at, look at is the fact that the community does like this amount of detail but i 100 percent agree for the people that are looking who haven't let's say purchased the game yet and they're like okay i want to look at the high level changes they're making this huge patch to see if i want to actually get this game obviously i'm not a playstation owner by digitally because i can't but i'm one of those people right now you know assessing when it makes sense to actually buy this game and start playing it and i'm with mike you know it sounds like the next big patch you know that that, the already roadmapped maybe the time to do that hmm. because who knows how far away the next gen one is it could be 2022 at this point well yeah and as we just spoke about like cd project and their restructure that they want to start working on AAA titles in parallel from 2022 i feel like for this holiday they'll want to have a next gen version so they might need to get the developers to crunch under their team and quality mandate <laughs> and value to but, get it done. So do we, because they've said that, um, I think business, SVP of business development said uh, that it's up to Sony, apparently. When do we think, do we think maybe that next big patch will be the time when we may see it be relisted on PlayStation Store? What do you reckon, Mike? I don't, I don't no. I reckon a bit after that. Because I, I feel like if they're, if they're true to what they said, which if I'm not mistaken is they're going to focus on fixing the game up. And fixing the game up is a weird one because it's not just about fixing the bugs, it's fixing the overall experience. And I think that includes um, pedestrian AI, police AI, 
things that make you feel immersed in the world. And I think that's where the game falls a little bit short. I would imagine it's after that. But what I still don't get is is just, it's going to be such a massive struggle to try to get a game of this size and and the complexity that it is with all the different intertwined systems to run on you know, you know, on, on existing generation stuff to be able to be available again for those platforms. Yeah, I'm just I just look, don't see how it's possible. I'm just searching now to see, and you know, this is where a summary would be super helpful. There's <laughs> an old summary. Is you know, like at what point do they address the fact that it essentially can't run on a base PS4? Well, so that's not yeah. in this patch. And okay, okay. And the weird thing is, and you guys won't believe this, the weird thing mm. is that in certain scenarios, the game drops more frames now in this new version than it did in the version that came out oh, that was patched it. in December and January. So, cause what they're doing is they're trying to re-architecture the way that it loads into like, cause the game does a lot of streaming because it's open world. Right. Hmm. And they're trying to squeeze the memory bandwidth on that because it was actually making the game crash. So to me, crashing is way, way worse than the game being choppy or ugly or whatever. If games are crashing, uh, honestly, like from a console perspective, it's almost like unbelievable. PC, yeah, games crash all the time. Even like Rocket League crashes for me weirdly every now and then, right? But a, like a console game crashing, I don't know. To me, that's completely unacceptable. Oh, Fallout um, New Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a funny one for me because I feel like from a... If this game had come out with the January patches that they had, I think it would have been fine. I think it would have passed certification with Sony and they wouldn't have pulled it. But look, Sony, you know, yes, it's now run by more of the American arm, but they are a Japanese country uh, co- company and they don't forget, man, Japanese companies. Like they have long like lists of people. <laughs> and them blacklist like CD Projekt unilaterally saying that people could get refunds pissed them off so much that they pulled a game where they've never done anything like that before and I actually think they may never let it go back on the PS4 store and I'm almost like now kind of erring on that side maybe because they're just fucking like vengeful <laughs> Sony. And I think they probably look at it and go in a weird way, in a sick way, you know, having it as a PS five exclusive, like maybe they look at that and go, that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But just install base, you know, but they don't, they don't need CD, They don't need cyberpunk. I'm not saying they need them, but I mean, if you just look at the fact that it's still probably going to be pretty difficult to get a lot of PS5s out this yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. That there's just so much more potential, essentially because you know they're making the cut from each time a digital purchase is made. Yeah, There's but, so much more potential for them to actually make money if it's on the PS4. But I guess my question then would be, why wouldn't they bring it back on after they did their December-Jan patch, which solved well, most of the crashing issues? Well, I think I think the strategy from Ceder. Just say project. CD. It's, it's, it's CD project. No, no, they don't uh, even. It's is... not even a hard inflection at the end. It's yeah, yeah, project, project. All right, let, let's not let's not, project. Project. Attempt, project. let's not attempt to accent. Anyway, hey, he's he's he's, think... he's he's like of that European area. He's not so Polish. He's no, but it's hey, basically don't, don't the dox same. him. <laughs> yeah, don't dox me. It's close enough. Uh, <laughs> let, let's just say it's close enough to Poland. So. What I think, I think the strategy should be wait another 10 years till Sony <laughs> close up the PS4 store <laughs> and then it's not a problem anymore. 
Yeah, look, maybe with the next patch, because this patch wasn't about performance as much as re-architecturing it and then making the quest completable, making sure things don't just hard crash. Yes, when he needs to. Oh, I found... I found Stadia-specific patch notes. That's yeah, they're right at the end as well, which made me laugh. <laughs> they're like the last patch notes right at the end. Um, I don't know. So when do you think, Mike? You didn't say when you think it will go back on. I don't think it will go back on the I store. I don't know. I don't yeah, think it'll go you might actually be right with that one. Which I, I think... I just... What it, yeah. it was Nintendo, it would never go back on the store. They're so vengeful, Nintendo. <laughs> so I don't know why... Yeah, I mean, I, the problem is they already have... Uh, physical copies that they've made and sold mm. and they still need to support those so it's a case of well why do you, what, what, what do you do with those you, you're going to have to support them but if yeah if I, if I could make a decision it might not make business sense necessarily but i probably wouldn't put it back on the store or you know what they'll probably do actually when i think about it they'll probably do it when cyberpunk gets released as the next gen upgrade and they'll bring it back on the PS4 store as well. That actually, that's my guess. So when they launch it on the PS5, as this is the PS5 version of Cyberpunk 2077, mm. they'll allow it back on the PS4 store. That's my prediction. Yeah, potentially. But I also think like you, you got to think. I, I never played it in the PS4. I heard it's broken. <laughs> it's so bad. But I've also had people play it on the PS4. And I, I know mates, uh, kids were playing it. On, probably shouldn't be playing it because they're still technically kids, like 16 or something. Like. Mm. Um, and they seem to have no issues with it. As in, they enjoyed it and played it. So I don't know if there's definitely a, an element of expectations and stuff as well. Well, the facts don't lie. The proof <sighs> is out there. Oh, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I think the the overwhelming things that I'm hearing is that it's it's not right for the platform. But interestingly enough, I've also actually heard about people who don't have an issue with it on that mm. platform. So it's it's fascinating, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next item. Item number six and the last piece of news. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt next-gen update. So maybe, Swinney, do you want to take this because you love this game? Yeah, so I just, you know, this this kind of dropped in amongst the rest of the CDPR news that we've just spent the last 40 minutes Hour. talking about. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to specifically just kind of, you know, just separate this a little bit and just focus on The Witcher 3. Um, so the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which had already been confirmed but has now been, been confirmed for release in the second half of this year, which is great. Um, the version is... is basically just titled Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition, which is the name of what the Game of the Year edition was outside of Europe and Australia. And interestingly enough, the Switch version in Australia was also called Complete Edition. Yeah. I actually called up Mike earlier. That's the only person I know that owns it physically that I knew of. Which is <laughs> amazing, like, by the way. Can you confirm that it says Complete Edition on the front of the Switch box? So it's just weird, like Game of the Year Complete Edition, whatever. Oh, or it doesn't. And I just said that, so I can correct you next week. So, so I, I don't like when they call it Game of the Year Edition, but I understand what that means. But I feel like a regular punter wouldn't understand that. No, I, complete I think edition com- makes complete editions the, the, what it should be called. Obvious. Yeah. 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 Well, Game of the Year is kind of a holdover from three, like late three sixty, early Xbox One era when that was just a thing. Now, no game does it. It anymore. doesn't make any more sense. Yeah, it I think complete sense. makes way more sense. Just- Ultimate complete. One of the complete is the best complete one because it is complete. Yeah. It's about the complete. It should be the ultimate complete edition. <laughs> the, the Snyder cut. So <laughs> the just Snyder to cut. 
just to reconfirm the so it will contain you know the expansions heart of stone blood of wine as well as all any of the other dlc that uh, came post-launch but the most important part which look we already knew but i just want to cover it again is that the update will feature ray tracing which is the part that yeah, i'm totally the super super pumped about uh generally upgraded visuals and improved load times and actually because of the ssds um, but owners of the existing game will, uh, or existing owners of the game, I should say, on PC and last-gen consoles will receive the update for free, which I don't know if that was new news or not. That's the part that made, that I'm really excited about because I don't have mm. to repurchase the game, although it would probably go on sale for like 10 bucks six months later because that's just the way The Witcher 3 Yeah, goes. probably. But I'm... Well, it's still about 20 bucks normally. But I'm keen. I'm interested. Like I have both The Witcher Three and the Game of the Year Edition, which were different um, SKUs on the Xbox One. Um, mm. So I hope that they do it for both. Um, yeah, I think you, they will. You'd have to, like, surely. Um, mm, never know. Yeah, I don't know if they will. CD Project. I don't know if they will. Oh, but they've generally like they've been from that standpoint. They they've been very consumer friendly with giving stuff away and things like that. So yeah, that's um, true. But, yeah. And it's actually your stuff. You can download and keep a copy of Gave it yourself. Away an alpha game. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> but, uh, like, oh, no, you paid for that. Sorry. But the thing yeah, is... Yeah, 450 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, in your case. <laughs> but the... Plus another copy. <laughs> Sorry, well, you... go on, Sonny. Yeah. So, like, this, this ray tracing thing, you know, I've experienced ray tracing on a couple of games on the Series X so far, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just super pumped. Like, I'm just a see what that looks like you know and i've got it on pc yeah. as well so i can always check it out on there but well, actually i don't have a video card that so this that is yet, remember but... you remember you guys t- i was i was telling you about how i was playing it on the switch when they introduced the ability to port saves across yeah that's so cool how they do that and even though the game ran at a hundred and whatever 20 40 fps on max settings on my pc i enjoyed it on the switch i know you've talked more. about it like five times so so, so i don't know no, all i get trying, that. i'm, I'm, all the same I'm trying to say is I'm that i'm like all I, yeah it's like wow ray tracing is fantastic and i'm looking forward to see what it looks like for all of 10 minutes and then i'm probably going to go back to the switch version it's, wait wait you're waiting weird. for the super nintendo switch pro and then they have oh. to release then they have to release i hope they release on the switch uh, pro only I hope the Witcher Three Wild Hunt oh, yeah. Ultimate Complete Edition. Man, this is driving the pro- yeah. This is just man. This game's been out for so long. I have yet not completely finished it. But and there's always like a new. It. I have. Then there's always a new thing that they're releasing, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll wait till I till till that comes out. So I got to start it again from scratch. Put in another like 50 hours just to get to the same part. But that's the same as Skyrim, then, right? Yeah, pretty much the same as Skyrim. Yeah, it's becoming the. This Witcher of Skyrim. So, Mike, this, this story isn't for you then. If you don't care about the next gen, no, then no, no, I, I kid, I kid, I kid, I do, I actually do care. I actually do care. I kid, I kid around because it. I, this, think, I think it'll be look. because this is another chance to play through what is an absolutely yeah. brilliant game. Mm. And yeah, I know it's just yeah, it's going to be you know, it's just going to be great to see it upgraded. And I do hope that they do. So the. They did improve it um, throughout, you know, the different overhauls they did with the UI and everything. But hmm. their game had a massive issue where if you just kept stockpiling inventory, then it the you, the inventory UI would just be so slow. Like <laughs> if, when you were like hundred hours in, hmm. so I hope that they have improved that. So 
So, like, I'm also very excited about this, Winnie. I don't know if you remember, but this is actually one of the games in my quote-unquote mm. dirty dozen of games to play this year as part of my new gaming resolutions. Yeah, New Year's gaming resolutions. So, <laughs> I'll actually wait uh, until this patch comes out. Because, you know, one thing, I'm not, I don't know, like, Mike, ray tracing, I'm a bit like, meh. It's a bit like, um, you know, HD rumble and stuff like that. I just, it's... Doesn't blow my blow my mind. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't blow me away. Inside, look, maybe but, it would but, have been really cool in Cyberpunk if I could run it properly. No, but what's exciting for me is because Cyberpunk allows for DLSS. Yes. So I would assume, given that it's the same engine, they will allow DLSS for Witcher Three, maybe with the next gen upgrade. So maybe. that would be cool. That well, you kind of cool. if 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 ray tracing is implemented to the extent that Cyberpunk did, mm. you would need it on a lot of cards. Yeah. So I hope because they have that. That'd be really sweet. Otherwise, yeah, it just well, won't run. Well, it seems like at least I am excited about what the new features of this version will bring. I just said I'm excited. I just said. The new feature. You just want retracing. No, I just said I'm happy about DLSS. I'm happy about that. The performance will go through the roof. That'd be mad. Okay. Okay. I... I I will be I will be happy to continue playing it. I, I like don't... I like how he has a go at us, and we're both saying we'll play this game this year, this yeah. version. He, we're just, he just excited about the ray Switch tracing, version again. Like he no, he said he, that. he prefers that, but he still he just said he. I would play still this play version. it. Yeah, I'm still. I, I guess maybe I. It sounded like I was dissing the idea. I'm not. I actually really want to see how cool it looks on you know 4K TV with ray tracing on. If my card can even deal with it properly. That's the other thing you got to consider. Cyberpunk. I had to turn ray tracing off on Cyberpunk. It just even with DLSS. Oh really? Ray tracing. Yeah, even with DLSS with ray tracing on, I just wasn't getting a smooth, smooth, smooth enough performance that I had to turn mm. it off. Probably just have to wait for the updates that they're going to post. All maybe the, they uh, will help a bit. The yeah. Next year. Mm. Or I just need a thirty eighty or thirty seven or whatever. Like the next gen that i can't get my hands 48. on but I'm, I'm not gonna pay like you know 1500 bucks minimum to experience proper race i actually racing. yeah check that out and i'm like i don't know how anyone's buying these graphics cards in australia yeah, in like Australia's even in the states nuts. it's expensive but we have a premium extra not currency related or anything just the australian premium of like 30 40 it's crazy crazy all right yeah we are we are officially excited swinny big wig is we excited are. about this this game this is the one good game they've made so far I'm <laughs> just triggering Sweeney. <laughs> He's in a rage. All right, let's get into my favorite segment of the week. <laughs> the Bargain Bin uh, for the 4th of April 2021. Uh, as always, we start with Epic Games. They are giving away Tales of the Neon Sea this week. Uh, for the Switch, we've got Bioshock, the collection for $36, which Damn good value. XCOM 2 collection, $27. And Ash- uh, hang on. XCOM 2 collection apparently, apparently doesn't run great, I heard, oh, okay. on Switch. I I'm, heard, I'm actually glad you told I me that because I was so going to pick it up. Yeah, look it up first. Look yeah, it up check first. It out. It's also a turn-based game, so it doesn't matter that much. It shouldn't, but I heard there were some issues okay. with it. So That's a good call. Double check that before you get it. Ashen, 1890, uh, with PlayStation. So just quick update. So with Ratchet and Clank, so this was the PS4 game, uh, that actually got a 60 FPS update. And they said it was going to be released in April, and then they released it at the end of March. Uh, so that's available right now. So if you grab that game, as we suggested uh, last month, you could get it for free. 
and now it's got a 60 FPS patch. And actually, a lot of people are saying the game, it was already a great game, is just elevated by that 60 FPS, which makes sense given the way that the game is structured. Uh, with PlayStation Plus, uh, the April games have been announced. We knew some of them. We didn't know others. So Oddworld, uh, Soulstorm, which was already announced to be as part of PlayStation Plus. The one twist to it is this game is coming out on PS4 and PS5, but PS5 version is the only one that they're giving for free. So if you only, which is so rough, if you've only got a PS4 and a lot of people want to buy a PS5 but can't find one, you do not get this game for free. You will have to buy the PS4 version of this game, which feels a little bit rough. Uh, Days Gone, which has also had a 60 FPS patch, uh, is free. And Zombie Army 4 Dead War. Xbox, Swinney. Yeah, so we've got the games for Gold of April announced. So a couple of decent ones, a couple of crappy ones. So we've got Vikings Wolves of, Mid- uh, Wolves of Midgard uh, available from 1st to 30th of April. Uh, truck Racing Championship, which is, sounds very interesting, uh, from 16th of April to 15th of May. Dark Void, which is a 360 game uh, from the 1st of April to 15th of April. And a game I really recommend, which is Hardcore Uprising, for, uh, which is available from the 16th to the 30th of April. I always struggle that it's like only available for two weeks, some of these games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is it's ridiculous. always been like that. But, but Hardcore is really cool. It's, um, it's Contra. But it's kind of like got a really unique visual ah. style. So was that the no wait? That wasn't the one you got me to try out. But then you, it, it turned out it wasn't multiplayer. No, that was like, like was Blazing Chrome. That was not. That's the that was like Contra. This is an actual Contra game. It's made by ah, Konami. Okay. So gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, let's get into our first special feature. So this week, Mike reviewed the new indie two D game. Narita Boy, over to you, Mike. Yep. Uh, I thought you were going to ask me if he succeeded in answering the call. Did you succeed in answering the call? I did, and that was going to be the review right there. So, Narita Boy... (laughs) (laughs) Read the YouTube intro, the description. Dang it, come on, read it properly. So, so, so the uh, so, so Narita Boy uh, came out. So it was released on the thirtieth of March. So it just came out, and if you happen to have um, Game Pass, it's also available for free on Game Pass. And you did get a review code for it. I did for for the Switch. I think playing it on the Switch is fantastic. I actually did try it um, when it came out on Xbox Game Pass as mm. well. Um, and it, it looks nicer on a bigger TV and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, but it's very well suited for for the Switch. It, it Fits uh, you can very play very docked, nice right? on the switch. On I don't play. TV. You can, of course, yeah. But yeah, I so you can play it on the big play, TV. Yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I just again, I, I, much like when we we're discussing The Witcher earlier, I think a game like this just works really, really well on handheld mode. I was going to say this question later, but it's very ask questions. It's very this. related to what you're talking about, which is the text size. So, does mm. that is there an issue with that, or do they scale it up on the handheld? Because uh, it looks pretty no. small on the footage I've seen. Yeah, it's relatively small, I have to admit. Um, so especially the, the questing text. So if you press the, the the minus button on the Switch, it brings up the quests. Really, really tiny, hard to read. But it doesn't matter because you don't need to ever read it because quests are completely <laughs> relevant right. in this game. Right, so it, it's, it's almost as it's if fine. developers are developing it and playing it on machines that are sitting right in front of them. 
mm. and desktops that like monitors that are right in front of their faces. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, but it's fine. The game doesn't really. The actual text of when when characters talk was more than readable. I had no issues with it. I wore glasses. I mean, maybe without glasses, I might have had some issues, but with my glasses on, it was perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> and it is interesting because it's it it scales. It's not you know like a traditional. Um, it's hard to describe, but it's not like a traditional game when it comes to scaling, where every piece of text is sort of the same size. It seems to depend on the zoom level as well in the game. All right, cool. um, but it's always readable. It's always fine. I didn't. Really Thank you for answering the very specific question before you actually introduce that's, the game. That's I appreciate fine. it. <laughs> That's fine. So let me let me introduce the game now. Uh, so 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 Narita Boy is a um, it's it's self described as a neo retro, two D pixel action adventure game. So it originally started its life back in two thousand and seventeen. By the way, I'm not reading up anything. I'm just trying to memorize what I wrote in that the, the review for uh, for Vooks. Um, so it started in, uh, as a Kickstarter back in two thousand and seventeen with a super ambitious goal to get it out into the world and into people's hands in December, 2018. Mm. So as we know, you know, it's, it's now, it's now been quite, quite a while later. Um, and that was due to the fact that the studio um, or the developer, which is Studio Coba, uh, who are based in Spain, um, underwent um, a restructure and of course then COVID hit um, and, and eventually they managed to actually ship it out. Um, and in the meantime, they also moved away from, from just purely being Kickstarter to actually getting a publisher in the form of Team 17, uh, who I think are based in the UK from memory. Um, and as a result uh, uh, of the fact that they now got a publisher, they also extended it across multiple platforms. So I can imagine how a game that started life is one thing, then they became a bit ambitious and you know, managed to get it across multiple platforms, which I think is fantastic, by the way. Um, it just opens it up to a much wider audience. Um, the game itself has a really cool... So I, when I initially saw it, um, I just l- instantly loved that 80s aesthetic, that cool retro vibe. Um, there's a few games that have kind of done that in more recent times, um, you know, taking that pixelated um, art and and then putting it into the sort of that 80s type of environment. Uh, but this one actually, Narita Boy does it extremely well, I think. Um, if there was only one thing that I'd say I'd be disappointed at is you don't get to experience a lot of the 80s world that I think initially, um, and I went through the Kickstarter campaign just to kind of see what it looked like when it got first announced. And I was a little disappointed that you don't get to experience that that 80s part of the world as much and actually, you know, fight in it and and really interact with the world. You get to go to it a few times, but it's more of a memory thing. It's not not so much the gameplay itself. Um, do you guys have any questions that I'm as I'm talking to through this? <laughs> no, because I know it's supposed through. to be a review, but I don't, I, I don't want it to be a monologue. I actually want you guys to ask <laughs> well, questions I've, like Twitter I've, did at the start. I have a question. I'll just wait for you to talk about things that relate to that question. Okay, no worries. I'll, I'll keep talking then. <laughs> so so when it comes to the aesthetics, that the the two well the main things I'll say about it is is the background and the animations and and the way the characters are and the fluidity. It's fantastic. I just I love the way they do it. Oh, oh! You mentioned uh, background. There we go. That relates. That that triggered yeah, triggered what, the swing. Ding, ding, the bingo. What, ding, ding, ding. What a okay, trigger. Okay. Yeah. A bingo. So I've only watched people play this game. I didn't okay. get a chance. I was just too busy. I did want to try it out. Yeah, definitely try it. Is there any like? It looks amazing. Like, it looks yeah, yeah. It looks, looks awesome. Looks but it's really cool. Yeah. 
you know, while it's probably not an issue at all when you're playing, but when I'm watching, it just seemed like there was a lot going on and it was kind of hard to tell what you could interact with and what you couldn't. just seemed like there was yeah, a lot. That's, it's fine. That's fine? Yeah. Okay. No, it's fine. When you actually play it, it's fine. Um, interestingly enough, there's, there's um, a CRT mode that you can enable. It's in certain parts of the game, I noticed that it, it, it's fixed. You can't take it off. But in the rest of the game, you can actually disable uh, the CRT effect. And it, it makes it look like, you know, you, you, you're playing the game on an actual CRT from the 80s. Hmm. Um, I tried both. I felt like the real experience is meant to have that as a filter. But then it became, it, you have to try to, to understand what I'm talking about. It just became a little too much that I, I kind of enjoyed playing it without the filter, especially on the Switch. Um, but then I started alternating between the two. And I think by the end of the game, I ended up playing with the filter on the entire time. Just because it adds a sort of like weird extra effect um, to the game. Um, so if you do play it, play it with it on, try it off, see which one you like. Um, I think a lot of people would actually probably switch it off, to be honest. Um, and interestingly enough, that's one of the bugs I think I encountered in the game where in the menu, it says the CRT effect. And if you tick it, it's actually disabled. And if you untick it, it's actually enabled, so it's really weird. I don't know if that's a bug that they'll have to address. Oh no! So it literally says CRT effect. No, it says it's some, something long. I forget exactly what it says, but it's something. Are you sure it's the not a double of... negative? That no, it, it didn't seem like a double negative, or maybe CRT I read it. CRT remover. Um, yeah, it should be like a CRT <laughs> remover exactly. No, no, it's, it, so that that part was. But in terms of in in terms of being able to um to get what's going on, on the screen, not a problem at all. So the game actually eases you into into the game world quite well, um, especially the enemies and the way they're introduced. You know, it starts off with basic zombie-like enemies that are fairly easy to, to take over. Um, and as you progress through it, there's certain enemies that require particular skills to do it. Um, there's At no time is it, you know, confusing as to, oh my God, what enemies are, the, are there on the screen? What am I supposed to be doing? But there is a bit of a difficulty spike. Um, I found that there was a certain point in the game uh, where you're given a whole bunch of abilities and it felt like you just get one and you use it a bit, get one, use it a bit. And then all of a sudden, like the difficulty just spiked for me. There's one particular section. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a train involved. And you see when you get to that, where I felt like the difficulty just spiked all of a sudden. And one of the main reasons is because there's this um, element as part of the game where certain enemies can have different colored flames above their heads and it plays on the whole trichroma principle, which is that there's like three different colors, the red, yellow, and the blue. And you'll see that throughout the game repeated. And one of these things is that these little flames come up above their heads. And if you um, enable that power, you, you just use the, the right stick on the switch. Uh, you hold it down and it enables that particular color. You deal more damage to those enemies, but you also take more damage as well from them. So it adds this extra level of um, of complexity to the game that it works really, really well. It's just it felt like it it just almost came out of nowhere where you really had to start using it. And to me, that was a massive difficulty spike. Um, it was actually funny because I read an IGN review where the difficulty spike for that reviewer was around was around a section that is very, very reminiscent of the minecart levels in um, in Donkey Kong that I played the week before. Well, I read it's so, kind of like your Battletoads turbo, turbo Tunnel style thing as well. 
Like that's so, what something I heard like that. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I had no issues with that. Surprisingly, um, I I died once. The, the turbo first tunnels. Time. Not the turbo tunnels. <laughs> I I I had never actually played those. I just heard they're notoriously hard. But um, but this particular section, I didn't I didn't struggle with it as much, and I think that's only because I had played those stupid Donkey Kong levels <laughs> like two weeks ago, and they drove me nuts. And to like sort of gut the hang of it, and it's exactly the same. It just reminded me of that so much. Um, the one thing I'd say about this is initially when I first saw it, it was actually uh, from a video that had a whole collection of upcoming Metrovania games, and. I had this expectation, completely false expectation in my head, that it was going to be a uh, Metroidvania kind of game. Um, well, people in reviews have said it is a Metroidvania game. No, I don't which think I it is at all. Which I thought was strange. Like, are they just I taking that from the Kickstarter? No. Maybe. Or oh, they haven't played the whole thing properly. I, think I don't they're know. they're just misappropriating the term, it sounds like. Maybe misappropriating the term. Maybe I'm misappropriating the term, but I no, doubt it. Not. All you, I can you know say is you can go back to a particular section but it's like literally within like you get an ability and you go back two minutes into something and then that's it. There's no, there's backtracking is relatively minimal in that sense. There's no, you don't get a map. You don't get a world that you can go back to. Once you sort of go to a world, you just keep progressing forward. There's no mm. going back to previous parts. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, either I miss something entirely, which I highly doubt, or the game is actually pretty linear. Mm. Now I know Swinney, you, you you know, you have a. You, you were talking about this as well. That not every game has to be some <laughs> was, sort of. I was, he criticized you. I was joking. Thing I was joking or, that if you get, you know, a linear platformer is, you know, it's like that is how most platformers are. I know. You know? I know. He's, he's, he's publicly sense, yeah. he's publicly backtracking now. <laughs> he is, he's yeah. all brave in our chat. No, I was just basically <laughs> saying that it was like Mike was disappointed that there was a linear platformer, whereas that's you know, that's what platformers generally are. I have to say, that was I didn't even think I added to that whole conversation that you guys had. I thought about this whole linear thing like at least five times during the week at random <laughs> times, like in the shower and stuff. Because like, wow. I do understand the point right, that you're saying, Swinney. Mm, just so linear. It was a <laughs> joke. It was an offhand joke, time. by the way. It was- no, but I, there's always truth in jest, right? And it's I do understand also what you're saying. Um but I like it's funny because I don't feel like a lot of the Mario games are linear. They don't feel linear to me, but they are linear. You know what I mean? Well, they're very linear, yeah. But I would never say they're linear. But I do understand huh. your use of the word linear. Well, you go from the starter level to the end level and you progress to the next level, you know. Yeah, that's basically what it is. But I, I thought of it in my head, and again, this is just misconceptions, but I I actually don't think it's just it's just me having thought that because of my misconceptions about what the game should be even there's elements in the game where it it really feels like that's what they may have been going for so as an example there's an ability that you get where you can smash um, a specific section of the ground to continue and you get to the certain part where it's like oh there's this blue thing on the ground and you can't get through it and then you go a little bit you get this ability and then you can come back and you can go through that section but again, it's like they give you this ability that you can use once or twice within specific sections like that, but you can never go back to a previous era to unlock something cool or a whole different thing. Mm. You know, when you, it's nothing like that. It's like they almost become so superfluous as abilities. Um, and it, it's the same thing. You get this ability to bash through a, a wall 
uh, like a vertical wall, which is basically the equivalent is the ability to smash down through the ground. But it's never, other than like putting it in a few parts just as a, as a, as a pointless barrier to, for no reason, it's not really used. Mm. Like it feels like it's the kind of thing where they, they may have thought about using it so you can unlock certain areas that you can't, you can only kind of come back to, to later, but it was never implemented like that. Mm. And having looked at the Kickstarter uh, and the original videos that I saw, there's so many things in it where I'm like, wow, that's not in the game. I watched the initial videos and there's just bit after bit after bit that I did not see in the, in the final game. Now, that's not to say the final game is not good. It's great. I love playing it. Um, the music's fantastic. The combat's really cool. It's solid. It gets a little bit samey after a while, I have to admit, uh, once you get the hang of it. But it's still, it's, it's very solid, very cool, um, really fun to play. Overall, highly recommend it. If you can get it on the Switch, um, I'm not entirely sure how much it is at the moment because I have the code. So if you guys can check for me, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll um, check now. But if you have Game Pass, an absolute must play. It is, it's, it's a so really you think we should play well. it? Oh, totally. You guys absolutely should play it. It's, I highly recommend it. Um, especially if you have Game Pass, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. I, it's a fantastic game. It's short, but, but it's a really cool short experience, in my opinion, that is absolutely worth, worth giving a crack. It's uh, $37.50. $37.50. It's uh, actually 4.5 Metacritic for user score. Yeah. Oh, wait, out of, out of 10? Yeah. Wow, I'm not... I'm actually kind of not surprised by that. I think it's maybe a lot of people that um, had high expectations mm. from from Kickstarter. Um, I, I did say, and I think I did sort of point out in the in the long length review, and I was talking to you guys about it before I even said that, that I think there's going to be two camps of people. The people that have never really seen this or vaguely followed it that don't have any preconceptions of what the game should have been. Yeah, or may have been based on what they were sold in, in in Kickstarter, and then I think there's the group of people who who backed it on day one, who waited so long for it to be released. You know, like it's now what two two and a bit years since the initial release date, and I don't feel it's what they paid for. If that makes sense. Mm. Now I can't comment about that exactly because I didn't back the Kickstarter up, but I can imagine how they would be frustrated by how it turned out. It's quite an interesting game because, like, it's getting, like, really mixed reviews. Hmm. Like, really good reviews. Like, people are like, oh, I absolutely recommend playing this game. And then IGN's giving it, like, a 6 out of 10. The, yeah, the, and look, the IGN, I, I read through the IGN one and I, I it's it's weird. I gave it an 8 out of 10 and I'm sticking to that. But it's... I can see how different people would totally mm. rate it differently. They'll get something else out of the game. I loved it. I enjoyed it. And there's so many cool bits about it. And I think in the end, it's 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10, whatever, 10 out of 10. So much effort clearly went into making this game by a team of what grew to seven people from, from what I saw um, that I still think it's an amazing indie achievement. It's, it's a really cool game made by just, just a small team of people um, you can tell they, they spent a ton of time and effort building it. It may not, you know, hit the mark for a bunch of people, but if you can get your hands on it, again, especially on Game Pass, it's free. Give it a crack. Mm. I think it's fantastic. And look, I think with the Metacritic user reviews, there's probably people on Kickstarter that might have been annoyed with the game or something like that. Oh, for sure. For sure. I reckon it's a whole bunch of people like that. Are you going to play it, Swinny? 
I'd like to. There's so many. As I said last week, this is too many games in enough time. It's really short. But, you know, that's probably speaking. the weird thing for me mentally with Game Pass. I feel like, well, I don't need to play it because it's free. So I just, I'll play it later, but then I'll never play it. It's, mm. kind, of, it's kind of a weird thing about not purchasing a, a game. You know what I mean? Give it a crack. Mm. I might fire it up and Fair play shot. it a little bit. After I play L.A. Noir and all those other games I'm yeah. to play. And then Monster Hunter Rise. Once I get through that, once I complete everything in Monster Hunter Rise, I'll play it. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. All right. Um, all right. Let's get into our final uh, feature. Thanks for that, Mike. So our final feature for today is the Super Mario 3D Land Fresh Perspective. So this is as part of our game of some other year. 2011 so it's one of the nominees one of the six nominees the other nominees are minecraft la noir deus ex human revolution elder scrolls 5 skyrim and dark souls uh so this game came out in 2011 uh so at the end of 2011 whereas the actual 3ds came out at march or early 2011 uh and really probably provided the answer to the question of what was the point of the 3DS uh, with its innovative use of 3D, including 3D in a lot of its puzzles. So, Mike, you're relatively new to this game, right? Absolutely. Pretty much, yeah, totally new to it. And Swinney as well, right? Yeah, did you, you, You've you just recently played this as well. Yeah, recently. The only previous experience with it was just if a couple of times at random demo kiosks. So this was yeah. the first time I actually got my hands on it properly. Huh. Yeah, awesome! I didn't know that. So I actually played this game like ages and ages ago. I can't even remember, like four, five, six years ago. And I love this game and love this game so much. I feel like this mm. is the only game, only handheld Mario game that deserves to be considered in the lineage of Super Mario games. Now, uh-huh. when I what I mean by that is Super Mario, Super Mario Three, Super Mario World, etc., and then this game, Odyssey, etc. How does how does that stack up for you, Swinney? You're not counting Warrior Land, are you? Well, I, there's a couple of things. So that was developed by a different part of Nintendo, and the only other game that I would ever say should have an argument to be considered as like a mainline Mario game probably would be Super Mario Land Two. Um, but I just still think that game's super odd and super out there, and it to me just personally doesn't. It's kind of almost in the same camp as Super Mario 2. Like, it doesn't kind of feel like a Mario game. Well, yeah, the reason I asked about Wario Land is because it's like the whole Yoshi's Island situation where its tagline is Super Mario Land 3, Wario Land. Well, um, I don't consider Super Mario Land as part of the Super Mario mainline Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Thread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, look, um, I agree. Um, I, I mean, what else is there? You've got the new Super Mario Brothers um, games. What other what other games, you know, other you, than the Mario Advance things they put on the Game Boy Advance? Well, are, they're not new. No, but um, I'm saying what what else is there? Well, Land Land 2, technically Wario Land, which is, but that doesn't count. Uh, 64 DS, but that's a remake. And yeah, like you said, the new Super Mario Bros. Hmm. Well, by default, this is the best of the all, in my opinion. Um, and I do yeah. like Mario Land 2. Um, Land 2 is great. Like, I don't know if you played that, Mike. That is one of the best Game Boy I- games. But we'll talk about that in another video. Yeah. Um, so what stood out 
about this game. And and we should also say, like, I played this game. This is one of the few 3DS games I pretty much played all the way through in 3D. Same. Same as you and then not for yep. you, right, Swinney? Yeah, so you- I played this game in 2D and I'll I'll get to why how that <laughs> impacted my um, experience. Okay. Well, I wouldn't say there's any good to it, but in the negative ways, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. So- Cause, so I, I, I went out and, well, I went out and borrowed a 3DS um, hmm. to play it. And then I actually went out and got my own 3DS because I loved it so much. So oh, I didn't realize you bought a 3DS. I ended up buying one, yeah. So I, I, borrowed, <laughs> I borrowed my you girlfriend's know this, sister's 3DS. I think you mentioned I thought I did it. tell yeah, you guys. Yeah, it, I did yeah. mention that you I ended buy, up finding my own. You literally bought so many consoles this year. I've lost it's track. It's ridiculous, I know. Switch, 3DS, uh, yeah. PlayStation 5, Xbox just, Series X. So I is that it? 3D- is that the list? That's four. Uh, maybe. One yeah, <laughs> X technically it. with Cyberpunk, or was that last year? No. It was last that year. was last year, yeah. yeah so no, so I, I enjoyed it so much um that I, I just had to go and get my own 3DS just to be able to keep playing it properly and not have to worry about returning a console or something. Because I, I got my own copy of the game. And it was also quite interesting playing it on the XL versus the normal 3DS, and I tried it both 2D and 3D. 3D is definitely the way this game is meant to be experienced, yeah. obviously. It's designed so well for 3D. What I found really interesting is that when I had a 3DS way back, pretty much when they originally came out, I used to turn the 3D off. I don't, I don't yeah. know why. I think it just I wasn't, I wasn't really into it. Whereas now, for some weird, bizarre reason... I'm into it. I love it. Like I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, nah, I'm not turning it off. Screw that. When my girlfriend t- took it, she didn't really like the 3D effects, so she switched it off. And I'm like, oh, you're just missing on such a critical part <laughs> of the experience. You got to play it with 3D on. Uh, so, so I ended up turning turning the 3D on for the entire thing. Now I have to admit, I made it up to World Eight at the very, very end, um, and I know. And I, I guess we'll talk about it, but I know that there's all these special worlds that you can also do. Yeah, so you played about half the game. So I played technically about half the game, right? I, it's crazy that there's so much content in the game as well in that sense. Because I felt like I played it for quite a bit. I felt like I, I really got my money's worth, if that makes sense. Out of oh, the game. yeah. Just getting up to that point, I'm like, wow, there's so many cool little bits about it. There's so many different interesting levels to experience. Um, and things to enjoy and then i realized oh wait there's like something like halfway through the game holy moly how much content does this game have yeah and like from a completion perspective it's actually insanely long this game mm-hmm. like even for mario games it's actually right up there with some of the longest mario <laughs> games out there it's good value though yeah insane value and and going back to your original kind of question around the handheld stuff this is the only handheld game that was made like new game uh, for uh, from the sorry EAD team that you know does the mainline Mario series, so and it, and it very much shows, and it was so good that they ended up making a Wii U version of this game that is also now available on uh, the Switch, which is uh, 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. But that's that's different, right? 3D Worlds. No, I'm just saying game. it's like in that kind of like series of games. Yeah. I almost consider this as a different tranche of the 3D Mario games. It's totally different. I was actually going to ask you guys the same. So you have way more experience than I do with this. But having just played Odyssey and then having gone back to playing something like 3D Land, 
I actually enjoy 3D Land more than I did Odyssey. I don't oh, know really? You like yeah, Odyssey I don't know as well? It's, it, I like both, but something about the way um, the way the world was in a more I don't know how to even even talk about it. Not linear in the sense that you know when I was talking about Narita Boy, the world being linear, but something about the way that the world worked. And then the way they intro- they introduced certain elements where, you know, there were parts where you had to keep going forward into the land. Um, I, I, I actually enjoyed the experience more than I did Odyssey. So I don't know, like, how do you guys feel about that? Because you guys played the likes of Odyssey and Galaxy and all that stuff way more. How do you compare the two? Because they are distinctively different kind of games, I find. Twenty. Oh, look, yeah, I've, I mean, I've watched a recent video that was actually really good Exact, uh, exactly about this topic, which is essentially we've got almost like three branches of Mario design yeah. at this point. You know, you've got, which Nintendo also called out yeah. as well. So okay. you know, you've got your traditional, you know, linear two D style platforming. You've got your three D exploration sandbox style Mario games like your Odyssey, and then you've got this that sits kind of almost in the middle of it. Um, and it's 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 really good to have. You know, like to be able to take your your franchise character, your big character, and be able to take them down these different paths, I think is really, really cool. Hmm. I mean, this may not make any sense what I'm about to say, but you know what a 2D platformer is. If I say, here's a 2D platformer, and if I go, here's a 3D sandbox platformer, hmm. it genuinely is like a 2D, 3D, like, sorry, a 2D, 3D platformer. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Or a 2D platformer in 3D world or something. It's it's it is super linear. Mm. <laughs> it's a very loaded term. Uh but within that world of it being linear, it feels very freeing. And I think it's also because it's almost like each level has its own gimmick in yeah. this game. Yes. And I kind of love how they just go, here's a gimmick. And all the levels are very short, which I also love as well. It's just like, here's a gimmick, like play around with it and then you'll never see it again. Or maybe like until the boss or like right Mm. at the end of the whole game. Like this game, I actually like absolutely genuinely love this game. And obviously for me, because I love Odyssey, like Odyssey was almost like a, it just touches on nostalgia in the most perfect way around how it deals with like, Mario 64 and all these other things. And I don't want to spoil it, but you know, like that's a, like a level that it it kind of, it's impossible for it to reach, but it does come close 3d land. I really love 3d land. I love how it riffs off, you know, super Mario brothers, super Mario three, super Mario world within the first like four levels. It's just like amazing. And like aesthetically the way it's presented, it's perfect on the console. Hmm. And, you know, it, it was also very critical for 3, 3DS. Like, Nintendo was coming off a huge success with the DS and the Wii. And then they kind of had a rough launch of the 3DS. They chopped the price of it within a year. When it launched, it kind of didn't have really, you know, standout system sellers. And a lot of people were questioning, what's the point of the 3D? And, like, this game really did answer that. And maybe we'll just touch on the 3D components shortly because... Pretty much to me, they always come to life with the three D puzzles, and I almost don't even know how people do them. Apart from just, I guess you just do it from just guessing. Like Swinny, you can talk to it. Like how how do you do it in two D? Some of those three D puzzles, you just have to guess. 
You just have to like jump around. Oh, that block is in front of the Mario goes behind that block. It is not. Look, there are some that allows you to you can swap the perspective. There's like a button on the ground, but some of them. You oh, can't. I didn't know that. Well, some oh. of them you can't. Um, so thankfully, a lot of that stuff is optional content. Um, so that if you have trouble with that, then you know, then you can skip it. But um, look, this game, the the whole three D thing. So. This this game is you know is fantastic. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts both <laughs> for and against what I just said. But um, the main thing with the two D and three D, it there are some levels where you struggle with perspective in if you're not playing in three D. Like it's mm. clear that okay to to be able to jump across these platforms, you need to under you need to have depth perception yeah, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. don't have, yeah. and so there's a lot of times where. Um, later on in the game, or so, where I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure out the right angle to jump across to a platform. Whereas it was obvious that it would be clear when you view it in three D because you see the depth. Um, and I think one of the tricky parts, and I don't know, I guess you could talk to if it's better or not. Probably the trickiest part I had was with that was trying to aim like fireballs, like and trying yeah. to figure out the right angle how to hit enemies. Specifically, underwater was probably worse when I had the when I had the fire flower underwater, trying to figure out the right angle because I couldn't tell exactly where the enemy was in the I guess in the level because unlike on land you can see shadows and you can yeah. have a better ground. Oh, yeah, shadows, yeah. Yeah, Whereas yeah. when when it's in water, they're kind of the the cheap cheap or whatever they're floating, and it's like, oh, where are they exactly? So that was quite it's, difficult in 2D at times. It's interesting you say that because um, I, I I then subsequently went and played uh, 3D Mario World where it's obviously not 3D and... Well, the game's I, 3D, but it's not well, 3D. Well, the game's 3D, but yeah. Visual the, effect. Obviously, visual effect is yeah, in 3D. Yeah. And I was. I was struggling with a bunch yeah. of stuff where I'm like, I swear to God, I was struggling with this stuff in, in land. Oh, so I, struggled some, like, I, I struggled in judge, both. I struggled in judge. I couldn't do... I, I, I definitely don't feel like I struggled as much in land, and I think that's because of the 3D effect. Yeah, and I like I think this is actually one of the only 3D games that I can think of because it's using the 3D visual sort of, you know, feature of the 3DS. And and I should say, I didn't play this when it launched. So I played it like four or five years ago on the new 3DS. Uh-huh. So the small model that was released in Australia, quite common in Australia, but surprisingly found out later very rare in america so they really only had the new nintendo 3ds they only released the new nintendo 3ds the smaller version as like special colors as like an optional thing like it was way later as well which kind of sucks because the xl you're talking about no the new nintendo 3ds okay the new nintendo 3ds xl was very it was everywhere okay but the new nintendo 3ds wasn't really common in america Mm-hmm. which is the one that I like and I have because um, you could replace the shells. So I've got like a ah. Mario Maker shell that looks really, really sick. It's got like all Mario, uh, sorry, Nintendo franchise characters in like an 8-bit style. Looks really, really cool. Okay. But um, I think this is like one of the only 3D games that I can think of where I've had almost zero issues with 3D itself. Like yeah, same. even like now, like I'll play Odyssey and I've played these games heaps. Every now and then I'm like, I misjudge something a little bit. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like I just didn't get the perspective right. This game with the 3D on, 
I feel like every single time, like the depth and the way that they had the camera and everything, it was like perfect. It was actually like, it made the game so much like, and that's why it almost like, I haven't beaten 3D World, but I would struggle to put 3D World ahead of this game. I feel like just the the whole package. Yeah. The yeah. whole package just felt so much better in 3D. Yeah. World. Like I just can't fault it. And going mm. back to the special worlds, I actually want to go back to this game because I didn't get through Same. all the special worlds and... It's just such a fun game, and it's one of those games where you can really get through and collect everything. So, well, I think that's a testament to 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 the game. I felt myself playing it not because I had to talk about it or review mm. it or something like that. I just because I really wanted to play it, and I'm actually now look genuinely looking forward to continuing the game. Um, obviously, I had to play other things in the meantime since, but I, I look forward to playing more and more of it and i'm mm. glad i actually got my own 3ds maybe i'll just secretly try to justify my purchase i don't know but <laughs> yeah i'm really looking forward to it and did you run into any other problems Winnie? just around the 2d kind of aspect no not the 2d 3d aspect i've got plenty of other problems with this game though well go on, go on. oh no here <laughs> no we go. so go i want to i want to i want to focus on the positive first um but yeah no other issues with the with the 2d 3d it was just as I said, mainly like those random situations where you'd miss a platform mm. or something like that. So, well, I'm interested to hear what what the other things that you wanted to call out. Well, I I want to just talk a little bit about what I do love about it. Then, before oh yeah, I get go, on, there. go on, yeah, yeah. So you know, this game is gorgeous. Um, even you know, in the the horrible way I have to play it, it still like I can imagine on a 3ds. It's just looking absolutely fantastic, but and the level design, like a lot of that, is just it's truly special. It's mm. I look at this game and it just kind of makes me sad, sadder about the new Super Mario Brothers games. You know, it just it just feels like where one went so wrong, in my opinion, this just went so right in so many ways. It, Which, but by the way, like I don't want to go way off topic. I don't think they're terrible. I think the people bash the new Super Mario Brothers series a lot the thing around they're not too original is like probably the biggest thing but for me like i play those games and they just don't feel like they've got the soul of mario was this feels like mario I agree with that. I agree this with is that. like almost like peak mario in a lot of ways like some of the enemy designs um some of them you know they whether or not they've lifted from the other games um or they you know kind of new things introduced so cool as you said before mario 3 this game reminds me so much of mario 3 um mm. more so than probably any other um, mario game and that's helped by the fact that there's a, a lot of elements and music from Mario 3, but even just something about the worlds just feels very Mario 3. Um, and can, can I just, sorry, just before you go on, because just like you peaked something with me, you know, just how you said it's peak Mario. I kind of get what you're saying, and I've never really thought about that with this game, but I almost feel like this game is more Mario in the vein of like the Mario I grew up with, which is like Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers 3, which is my favorite Mario of all time. I feel like this is almost more Mario than even Mario World, which is kind of a crazy thing that I've never thought of. Yeah, it's and a part of that I think is the the way that the levels are nice and compact and you know yes. you jump on the flagpole at the end. Like there's just it just this feels like I could see jumping straight from Mario World to this and being like a natural progression, you know, like Mario 64 is obviously great and everything, but this feels like a natural progression from those classic ones. Um, yeah, more than Mario 64. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. And uh, yeah, like it's, a, you know, it, the levels are uncomplicated, but not simple. Yeah. And I love how they're not afraid of letting the play experiment. So 
if you're creative with the move set and you know the items that are available, you can skip whole sections, and they're mm. just kind of cool with it, you know. And this is, you know, this isn't new to the Murray games, but it just feels it feels like you can get really creative with how you get past the obstacles in this game, which I think mm. is fantastic. Um, and just stuff like my favorite gameplay element, um, and I think they were introduced in Odyssey Two, but it was the uh, red and blue panels. Oh, they're so cool. Uh, yeah. Where you, you know you <laughs> jump and then they flip between them, and they're they're massive in three D world as well. Yeah, and yep. I just it's just it makes me like it when whenever you have to kind of re-engineer how you're playing as Mario for a split second, mm. it just I just love it. I think it's such a cool addition, and I know it's not new. Like as said, Odyssey two had it, but it's the this is the first time I've experienced it because I've yet to play three D world. So. Um, that's really good. Yeah. No, but this was, I, I think, I in the Marius is the first time they used it. Odyssey 2 had them, apparently. So Odyssey 2? What do you mean, Odyssey Sorry. 2? Sorry. I always say that. I Galaxy. mean, Galaxy 2. I always oh, say Oh, Galaxy that. 2. I always yeah, yeah, say yeah, that. You're right. Yeah, Galaxy yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah, yeah. They, they have changed them in, in world a bit in the sense that, you know, they've they've got the timing is in the music plays. It's like, did, did, yeah. did, do. And you got to jump, but preempt the color. And it's all timed. You don't actually do it based on when you press the jump button. Yeah, yeah. It's all timed within the game, which is it's a whole different element. It's so cool. So I want to hear Swinny knock the game. Go on. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, there's some small <laughs> stuff, but there's some there's a specific design choice that um, I absolutely despise with this game mm, um, okay. that not it? everyone's going to experience. So. Like, first of all, like some small things, because, you know, we've, we've talked about what we love about the game. I think it's right that we even mentioned a couple of small things. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the boomerang suit, you know, other than it's used for bosses. Yeah, I don't like it. Like, either. I will generally yeah. try to avoid it unless it's, you know, going to be obviously needed for a specific thing. Um, also, when you're going through the levels and trying to get um, some of the, you know, extra optional collectibles and things, there are times when you need a specific power-up and if you don't yes. have it on you, it's not always like readily accessible unless it's hidden in a block somewhere that I haven't found. And it's like, okay, does that mean that I have to come into this level with that specific yep. power? And that I'm not a big fan of that choice, but that's it's a, I guess, again, a pretty small thing. And I think this might get better when you do like the Luigi run or whatever, but um, I, I don't think there's enough variety in the bosses when you're essentially between uh, yeah. uh, Boom Boom and was it Pom? Mm. What's her name? The female Boom Boom? It's like Pom Pom or something like that. Anyway, I, I think that could have been a bit more interesting. Yeah, Pom Pom and Boom Boom. But I, lo- but I do love the, you know, I guess you could kind of call them bosses, the Bowser sections where you've got to run past him. I think they're, mm. they're pretty cool. But the biggest problems for me, one of them is probably might be because of my specific situation, which is the controls. Um, I'm not a fan of the controls in this game. They are very different to your other 3D games, which I understand. But the it just doesn't feel to me. It feels like Mario almost completely stops as soon as you let go of the controller. I'm used to him having a bit more momentum. And the problem yeah. for me is that the controls almost feel like an N64 era platformer to me. And I'm you know, just, I, but I, I got to stop you right because like. We we should call out though that well I'm going you... to explain I'm going to explain my the control well, situation I think you've got to give yeah. the context the first. predicament yeah no I'm talking about it because honestly I think I think it will probably be the same experience on 3ds but I'll get to it um, basically I just I think this game needed that style of control but it just 
I didn't like it. Um, it's one of the, like, and it kind of, it only really started to show itself later on in the game when I felt like I needed to be a lot more accurate with the things I was doing. I felt that there's times when I just didn't have as much movement, a control over Mario in the air once he jumped as I'm used to. So I think that there's that's part of it kind of soured the experience a little bit for me. But the issue I have is essentially be, I, I attempted to get this game, got screwed over by the, the mail, and I essentially had to play this via dodgy means. Um, so that very much could impact the actual controller responsiveness. But I then I think about if I was playing this on my 2DS, I'm not a big fan of the analog nub or whatever you call it on that. So I don't know if I'd have much better experience because I'm using that nub anyway. So that's the part, that's the criticism that I may be specific to my situation, but I do, I've heard that, you know, the controls are quite different in general to, let's say, your Mario 64s and things, and I feel that that's how I prefer Mario to control in a 3D space, in my opinion, so. Yeah, like, the only thing, the reason why I was, like, objecting is it's kind of reminds me of when people criticize, like, our Punch-Out, they're playing it on a HDTV through an emulator or something like that. And they're like, oh, this game sucks. It's impossible, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you're meant to play it on a CRT. It literally has like three frame input that you need to do. And with the HDTV, with delays and stuff, you literally can't do it. You have to guess, right? Like, you know, controls are very much about feel, right? And they built the game around the crappy analog control that the 3DS has, which sucks, right? Like the 3DS's, you know, analog stick is horrible. But part of it is like, you know how the 3DS controller moves, Swinny, and, you know, really snaps back quite aggressively and stuff like that. It's kind of the reason why Mario moves like he does in this game. And I not once had an issue with the controls. Like it Mm. felt tight, like pretty much... I don't think there's been a Mario game, like a mainline Mario game that I've played that I haven't felt like the controls are tight for what they are in that era that they came out. Mike, like, did you feel you had any issues with the control? No, no, I don't recall having any yeah. real issues with it. I, I think it's the setup. It's uh, It might be the setup, I, yeah. I but, think I'm just not a fan of that style of, of what they've done with the controls. I just, but I don't think you can really judge that. I think mm. it's like judging something that, you you know, you're not... You literally haven't played it with the controls that are uh, designed there's just, for. I, there's, look, there's parts of it, yes, that I agree that it could be the case. But honestly, I just don't, I just prefer the way Murray controls in other 3D titles. It's just not my cup of tea. Mm. Yeah. I, I do want you to play it. Like when I see you next, I'll, yeah. I'll but that's, give but you that's, my 3DS. But so that's the lesser it. of yeah, my, that's the lesser of now. the two. Like I haven't, I have a major oh, problem no. with. Oh no! Design. Oh, okay. Game. Go on. Go on. What's... Well, the first one doesn't count, but yeah, go on. What's, yeah, what's the one? Com- just just completely, really quick. Just sorry, completely, on the first one. completely negate my point. Why don't you? <laughs> Thank you. No, but like honestly, I think you need to actually like, try it. The, Mario is not above criticism. I'm sorry, and if oh, I feel dude, that's the case, I think you know that I like to criticize things. I'm more than happy to criticize things. I got no issue with that. Sorry, Mike, what's the second? Mike, what what's the second? No, no. I was going to quickly say. Interestingly enough, I I found. The momentum and world sometimes a little too much where I would feel like I would lose control or control of the character because it wasn't snappy enough. Like almost the opposite problem that I think you were almost feeling 
where I was I was overshooting things because I misjudged the amount of momentum that the character had, or under you know judged the amount of uh, amount of momentum the character had, which is fascinating. Yeah, I so, I mean I haven't played World, so I can't judge that one. But yeah, you'll yeah. see. It'll be. I'd love to talk about it when we yeah. when we all play it properly. No, the 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 main issue I have with the design is that um, the fact that they put gates in progress in this game. Ah, with you need a certain number of yeah, stars and, to yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, weird. Okay, that's so really weird. the ma- the major issue I have with this, and this is not going to be an issue for most people, right? Um. When I'm playing a, a Mario platformer, linear platformer, this is basically a linear Mario platformer. Mm-hmm. There's been no Mario game that is gated off progress for optional things that you have to collect. Now, if you to, if you look at a game like your Mario 64, your Mario Odyssey, um, even games that are similar that have, uh, I guess, gates for progress, like your Banjo-Kazooie's and things, they're all part of what you are told and the main objective of what you're doing in that level. Okay, collect the shine, collect the star, collect the moon or whatever, right? That is what you need to progress. I was essentially, you know, I wanted to experience what I could, um, most of this game that I could, you know, when we went to chat about this. So I was playing through and I decided, look, I'm going to kind of like the Donkey Kong situation. I'm going to just, you know, try to get through this game. (laughs) I feel like every game that you're trying to speedrun, no, you end up these, hating. These are, like, fuck these controls. No, but these, <laughs> fuck the gaining. No, but these are platformers that, you know, like, and that's okay, an optional I, thing. No, let, I want to finish this point because it's very important to me. This almost stopped me from playing the game. Um, I When I got to the point that had the first gate that at least I noticed, and it said, okay, you need 50 of these star coins, which are optional things that, or at least you think they're optional, right? Well, obviously, once I found that out, I realized they weren't optional. Um, or at least the majority of them. And then suddenly I had like 30 out of the 50 because I just decided to stop collecting them because I'm like, whatever, I just want to play through these levels and experience mm. the design of these levels. And then I had to essentially go and play through the majority of the game again to collect these. Mm. Now, That's fair point. the reason why most people aren't going to have this issue is because most people are going to collect them. Right? And I yeah. completely understand that. But it, what shocked me was that this almost seems completely anti-Mario to mm. to design it this way. And what I realized is I got to... So I played all the way up until the end of World 8, or at least what I thought it was, and then it continues a little bit. And then I hit the 91, and I literally had 90 on me. Oh. I had 90 on me because I from that point onwards, I was collecting them. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. man, like I don't understand the reason for putting that. Why did they put those progression gates in? I mean, there's things you can unlock, like bonus levels and stuff along the way if you've got the amount. I understand that. But to stop your progression through the main game from these optional collectibles just seems anti-Mario. I agree with that. I think I I totally agree. I feel like, in general, it is anti-Mario. It's not in the style of Mario. The only thing that I could think of why they're doing it is because they want you to explore the levels more. Yeah. And they want to, you know, create not even an incentive or demand. Um, it's funny you say that because every time I hit those things, they're like, you need 30 coins or stars. I can't even remember what it was, right? What, what is it? Stars or coins? They're like star coins or something. Yeah, yeah, star coins, right? You need 30 star coins. I'm like, oh, yeah, here's 50. Like, I had yeah, so yeah. many. Like, it was nothing. Yeah. Like, and, But I do understand your point. And in general, I hate that in games. Like when it is like a, a game that's progressing through levels, I never really understand the point of it. 
Like I get that they're saying I should collect more, but like kind of why are you arbitrarily making it almost like a a university course where I need to have mm-hmm. this module and then that module and it's almost like you get up to the final year and they said, well, actually you needed to get 80% in those exams in year one. So go back to year one and do those exams yeah. and then come back later. And don't get me wrong. I think this is an absolutely brilliant game. I really, that's why I wanted to cover some of those positives first to make sure people know that I do think this is a great game. Um, but unless I missed something at the start um, that I've, cause I played like the first two worlds quite a few months ago and then came back to it. So unless I missed mm-hmm. that, all, to me, all it would have been is almost like something right at the beginning, the first couple stages where it kind of had like a check to make sure that you knew that it was kind of important to pick them up, you know? And I think mm. then it would have been like, okay, then whatever. But it just, yeah, it seemed a strange decision, um, a really strange decision. Um, so just, yeah. But look, they're fun to collect. Like I love the secrets and everything that, and the way the like the they put so much into these worlds and they're not very big worlds, but they put so many mm. cool details into it. They're collecting them is fun. Uh, I just wish I would have known that they weren't optional. So yeah, normally like these kind of games, the way you design around it, if you want to make it like this and I wouldn't make a game like this, like where you have these hard points that you can't get through unless you collect. And I believe they did in 3d world as well, Mike, from memory. They do. The yeah, they thing. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the exact same thing. You need but again, a number of stars. To I get up to those bits and I'm like, Oh yeah, cool. I've got like 50 mm. more than yeah, I usually have before. enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I love those games and I pretty much collect almost everything just generally. Um, but normally what you do in these kind of games is you show it almost at the start. Like, you need to get 90 to be able to get through this final bit. And then you're kicked right back to the start of the game or something. So in the back of your mind, you're like, shit, I need to get 90 of these at some stage. I think my girlfriend will will agree with you as well, Swinny, because she got stuck in a bunch of places in when she was playing World. Really? There you the go. same thing, yeah. Because shit. she was rushing through certain bits that didn't bother taking stuff. or So she had to go back and find more stars. And then she'll hand me the Switch and go, can you please get some stars for me? So I can see how the people would probably agree with you. But again, I, I, I had the same experience as Intergod where I always had way more than enough stars in mm. both games, both Land and World as well, where that never even occurred to me, to be honest. It was always like, oh, yeah, just continue, 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 because I always had enough. And part of this is, look, we we are wanting to play through, you know, I play a lot of games, right, of course. Mm. Um, <laughs> and there's times yes. when I potentially plan things out. So, okay. I, you know, I set aside, you know, like five or six hours today to just play through as much as I could of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted the the whole point of me, so we can discuss it, is seeing as much of the game as I can so we can talk to it. And that is not the best way to play a game like this. I completely, completely, and that's not the way I normally play a game. It's just kind of the way that, and it's similar with Donkey Kong Country Returns, although that one I had. I had, you know, I just, I had other pressures that didn't mean I could play yeah. it. But um, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I want to reiterate that. Look, most people aren't going to come across that issue um, or that that we design choice. I just wanted to. I just couldn't understand it. But I love the game otherwise. Yeah, it's that is a completely unnecessary design choice. But I think most playthroughs, most regular playthroughs, you'd be collecting enough to get to ninety. I can't remember how many there is total. It's way more than 90, though, from memory. It's like 150-ish or something like that. I don't remember, but yeah, it's quite a, mm. quite a few. And again, yeah, if it, 
just so you know now from when you play World, same problem. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> noted, collect, well noted. Collect them as you go. Well I, I have to say, though, Swinny, in World, I feel like it's way more obvious early that you need to be collecting these things. I think early on, even the first mm. castle. All the castles needed, yeah. No, but I'm saying in the first castle, in the first world, it's like you have to collect quite a lot to open that up from the start. So you have to at least play the optional levels. But that's another thing, Swinny. The optional levels give you a a ton Hmm. of stars. You know what what might have happened? Like, maybe I'll start a new game to check it. You know, when I first started playing the game, I was a lot more slow in exploring. And maybe there was an early check that I just didn't notice. It's Hmm. possible. It's possible that the way I split my play periods up of that game kind of screwed me with that but whatever yeah and you know honestly like given that i'm saying that i think that this would be in the super mario series the same that has like you know super mario world super mario 3 i would actually find this really hard to put in a tier list like i'm not really sure where i'd rank this in all the mario games but it'd be up there i feel like i'd put this above super mario brothers one Maybe. I mean, a lot of Super Mario Brothers 1 is also nostalgia. You know, it's kind of... Oh, it's a good game. It's, still a, it's good game. a good game, but, you know, if someone's coming to it now or new, to compare that to a 3D land, you're going to have a tough time, you know. Sure, sure, sure. But I'll probably put it above Sunshine. I don't know. I don't want to do this tier list now. <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> well, does anyone else have anything else to say about this game? No, other than um, for me personally, who wasn't hugely into Mario. Again, I played the classics and stuff like that, but I missed out on on a few of the more recent titles. Um, I loved it to bits, and I played it after I clocked Odyssey, and I actually enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Odyssey. So Mm. to me, I think it's a testament that it's a really cool, fun experience. I was playing it till my hands were cramping on (laughs) on, on the 3DS, like really seriously cramping, and I still wanted to keep playing it. Hmm. That would I'm be cool if they released it on the Switch. I know that the, the, oh, the whole meme so of cool. release everything on the Switch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the 3D-ness and the lack of 3D would be really That's interesting. That's what I was like thinking. Funny, but... Yeah, is like, do you lose? You lose a lot with that game unless you change it Massively, up. Massively, yeah. So. But hey, it but works. It works it. without it. It's just, it's not the same experience, mm. but it's still a totally playable experience. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. I think that wraps us up for this week. Uh, next week... I've done this unilaterally, unilaterally, but we'll be covering uh, our first video game memories. That's so you guys have to jog your memories to think about what your first gaming memories I've, were. I've <laughs> I don't have to go very far. I've for been that. thinking about this for a long time. It's, let's uh, just yeah. say, let's just say the video game memories. <laughs> right. I know well, exactly what game you're talking about. I, like, I know as well. I'm looking forward to you. Mentioning it's also got this. 3D in the title. Hmm. Yes. All right. Um, so if you want to reach out to us, reach out to us on at BigWigPod on Twitter or hit us up on Gmail, BigWigPod at gmail.com or through the YouTube chat and comments. I always enjoy people's comments on Swinney's Assassin's Creed tier Gosh, list. shut up with that. <laughs> it's awesome. It's our most popular video. It's awesome. And also uh, give us a five-star review on your podcast service of choice that will help us grow. With that, bye-bye. See ya. Ciao, bye.